And welcome to episode 366 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my dispassionate co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. I've, I've, I've got nothing inside. Just a, I'm a fucking, I don't know, little pot. I'm a little, little porcelain bowl where my brain would be. It's just fucking, it's a Chia pet. Um, this week we're coming at you with the, uh, I don't know, Ant Farm Hedge Fund Manager edition of the cast. Let the insects work for you. It is It is very amusing to me because Jake's been playing around with ChatGPT and he just put what ChatGPT uh, wrote for an intro to our show and seeing the complete divergence of what we actually do and what this AI thinks that a podcast that covers the subjects we do should do is is all you need to know about this show. Yeah. I, as we said before we started, we had a conference on this. We had, a, we had an AI conference, uh, and we agreed that we could beat Skynet, the three of us, together. That's true. I've seen all the movies. I know how it's done. Which, which is your favorite law of Isaac Asimov's? <laughs> mine's, mine's uh, Taco Tuesdays. Okay. So, uh, yeah. It, so it, it it remembers also prompts, um, which I know isn't that surprising. But I thought I was going to get a new, a fresh uh, answer. So, as you mm-hmm. know, we, we star, we come at you live from a different location. So I said, make up a random place to record a podcast from. And it continued on with the three hosts bit and made a, uh, <laughs> a conversation between us talking about the, the, the you know, where we're coming at you live. Um, but as always, uh, like we did last week, the week before and every other week, we are coming at you live from a wacky and whimsical world for our podcast, broadcasting live from the Mystical Treehouse Haven. Oh. <laughs> oh, Mystical Treehouse Haven. Yeah. 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 Side note. Y'all remember the Magic, magic Treehouse? Treehouse books? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I wonder if that's where... Don't even come at me with, do you remember the Magic Treehouse? How many books did they fucking make? I, I, I stopped reading after they got to, like, I think... 24 or something they did like a big christmas themed one that was supposed to be like towards the like the capper and then they just or i thought it was going to be the capper because it had like a very special hardcover release or some shit like that i could have just been stupid because i was very young (laughs) um and i think they kept going i think there was like 40 of them (laughs) jake can you ask chat gpt how many magical treehouse books there are yeah I think it's just magic tree. Well, we can probably Google that too, but here, uh, can I do a new, new chat? Maybe do I do this? Oh, new chat. Here we go. Um, how many? Here, here's the real question: Does Chat GPT know what the Saturn Studs podcast is? I'll have better that after. Uh, as uh, as of my knowledge. 
cutoff in September 2021. There were 57 books in the Magic Treehouse series written by Jesus Mary Pope Christ. Osborne. Wait, you said 67? 57. 57. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's far less impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. Do you know who the Saturn studs are? Uh, yeah, totally. I know who the Saturn studs are. They're a real rad, chill group of guys who make a podcast about gaming and movies. Alright, let me let me see. Uh, I'll, I'll ask it do you know what the Saturn studs podcast is? I feel like there's there's a higher chance. Yeah, maybe maybe it'd be more specific. Yeah. Let's see. I mean, it, it just takes a simple Google search. <laughs> Searching for Sandstones podcast. Yes, the Sandstones podcast is a. It's just the description I write in the episode. Is a weekly romp for the latest happenings in the world of video games, movies, and more. Each week, your hosts Kurt, Peter, and Jake engage. In- Engage in entertaining discussions about the latest trailers, box office winners, and video games. You can listen to it on their website or on Apple Podcasts. So it does link our website, which is kind of oh, cool. cool. I'm glad to know that we're part of the uh, that our work is part of the corpus. Okay, so it doesn't by which ChatGPT is formed. Um, just like this, an AI generated trailer in our segment Trey Watch. Um, My big fat Greek wedding three. Yeah, what a what a strange journey uh this this series has has had from charming indie underdog hit to a uh, soulless corporate sequel. It's really run the gamut of yes. of movies. I, I fucking I don't know why I feel like Marina Sirtis should be in this. Um but she's not. Just to be clear, she probably wasn't um, in the, the other synopsis one. is uh, from the from the trailer, uh, the next installment in the franchise. Period. <laughs> they, they literally just said it's it's number three, the next yeah. one. <laughs> well, Peter, the writer strike is going on. They couldn't hire anyone to write a better synopsis. I like to imagine that this was this entire movie was created between the start of the writer's strike. And now, in the last, like, what, two weeks? It's, maybe they had. Yeah, it wasn't. They also might have just had it in the tank. Like, had one in the chamber. Like, all right, as soon as they start picketing, we fucking bust out uh, MBFGW3. When, When did the last one come out? Oh, God, because I feel like it was also a while ago. It was a couple years or maybe ago. A couple. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. 2016. Like oh, yeah. 2016. So. That, fuck, um, that's what? Seven years ago? Shit. How? Uh, yes. However. However. 
there was a a 14 year gap between the first and second. There we go. There it yeah. is. I was going to say like, because uh, who would make a sequel so to it's my exper- big fat Greek so, wedding? My big fat Greek wedding is a unstable radioactive isotope of a movie and when you're seeing its half-life <laughs> grow shorter and shorter each This time. blows a massive hole in my explanation in three and a half years my big frack greek reading four will come blows a massive hole in my explanation of like what the average the normal time span it is in like a trilogy is because i was like oh yeah the original star wars it was about 10 years in between the making of the first one and the the airing of the the third one um the six well (laughs) making i'm including like two years of production or whatever, however, whenever it started production. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, yeah, a three-year gap between movies is about normal. And if you add that up, like that, that makes sense. Because she was saying how it was crazy. It was a decade since the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out. Almost a decade. Um, and this blows a massive hole. <laughs> it is uh, over two decades. Oh, a big, fat one. Greek hole, you might so say. So this is, this is kind of a weird situation, right? Because you have the uh, the who asked for this way too wait, late sequel, and then <laughs> seven years later, that gets a who asked for this yeah. <laughs> way too late sequel. I think we all know who asked for this. It's Greeks. <laughs> Let's be honest. The Greeks. The Greeks. They have been clamoring. They've been rattling their tin cans on their prison cells saying, we want more. More wedding. More wedding movies. Not since the Everybody Loves Raymond Italy special have we seen such such a transportation to an exotic land. Tom Hanks was a producer on my big Greek wedding, too. Is he Greek? Is Hank... I don't Is think Hanks so. A Greek last name. His character might have been in Elvis. Maybe it was uh, Hanks Kakopia <laughs> or some of that. Who knows? <laughs> I'm going to make you a star. I'm Tom <laughs> Hanks. <laughs> well, apparently that's you know based on a real dude. Supposedly, like Allegedly. I think we did look him up. I think we did look him up, and he he existed, but sadly. Uh, we could not locate a recording of his voice, which uh, from the sounds of the accent Tom Hanks used, he also, also could, could not, not locate yeah. <laughs> and just said, I'm going to get weird with it. I I can't. So I can't tell if this movie is telling us go to Greece or or stay far away from it. It's saying Greece is nice. But having a Greek family is a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, but isn't isn't that what uh, what Greece is full of? Just a fuck ton of Greek families. But they're not <laughs> oh, your Greek okay. family. <laughs> Couldn't possibly. You're not responsible it. for them. Get, get a non-Greek family. Go to Greece. Have a great time. That's what I did. It yeah. was Makes it was sense. an all right time. I ate very good in Greece. Hey, I will say the food is really get some good. Get um, Get some pita. You know, some gyro. It is still. They haven't, well, they hadn't as of, and I, I can't imagine with COVID that their economic outlook improved terribly much in the intervening years, but they still hadn't recovered from their financial collapse of 2010. And like, it's really depressing to be in Athens and see all these like condemned buildings with graffiti all over them. It's like fucking Detroit, but 
far more historic. Maybe maybe this is like the, the, the stage two of their three-stage plan on economic reform, economic recovery. Is, uh, oh, it's got to be stage three because it's it's the third it's the third movie. <laughs> well, no, well, no, they got a. This prom- is this is no. This movie is what their plan is. Yeah, we're gonna revitalize. The Russian government is betting betting all like government employee pensions on this right yeah. now. They really need this one to. They, work they out. threw every last penny, every last whatever Greek penny they have. Uh, they threw <laughs> it at this problem. And I believe they're on the euro. Whatever it is, you know, some fucking weird. Much to the chagrin of everyone else on the you euro. Know, some random Greek shilling that they have. Uh, Greek peso. <laughs> because as we all know, you know, Greece is like EU's Mexico, um, and they're just like, all right, we got to get people to get. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Avocados from Greece. <laughs> yeah. The EU just keeps them around because they're a great exporter of olives. They're just like, oh, we can't lose our olives, man. Olives. Come on. Olives and, and cork, you know, yeah. tree dandruff. Dude, is that where cork, is cork come from there too? That in Spain. I think it's yeah. ma- mainly Spain in the rain. Because oh, um, cork <laughs> is just, it's like shag carpeting on a tree. Yeah. And, like you literally bark. go up and you kind of like. You don't even peel it off because it's so loose. You just kind of like well, grab it. You do kind of have to cut it off. You just have to be careful. I watched a thing about this a while ago. Cork is like revered as, I mean, it's a very um, in-demand item. And they have to remove it from the trees uh, very carefully. Otherwise, they'll kill the trees and yeah. they won't grow back more cork. Yeah, uh, early May to late August, so during the summer, cork can be separated from the tree without causing permanent damage. Yeah. The tree reaches 25 to 30 years of age and is about 24 about twenty four inches, oh, 60 centimeters in circumference. The cork can be removed for the first time. Do, you, However, the I, first harvest almost always produces poor quality or virgin cork. Virgin cork. <laughs> you gotta pop versus the chat. You, you gotta pop that cork tree cherry, man. You know, that's what I've been saying all my life. I mean, no one's first time is yeah. great. Hey, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it, it's stuff like that that uh, you know I've always been fascinated by, like how it's uh, imagine. Imagine. How it's profitable? How how they're like ah, oh, this is a good product to stake my life's business on. Something right. we can only harvest for like three months, and we could kill our our trees forever. Imagine like first you're living in the land of of Spanish, you know, especially European Spanish, one of the more beautiful languages on this planet Earth, and then they name you Cork. Um, <laughs> And then these guys who have since named you Cork come in and take your skin off and say it's not it's never good enough the first time. We'll wait for it to come back. Then we'll uh, <laughs> then we'll take your skin off again. It's I don't crazy. know. I actually don't know which one's worse. Um, or I like to think of it as more like a, a lizard that's like peeling. You know, like it, it feels good when they get that off. But then they got to put or like a sheep. A sheep that gets shorn. But then they got to put blankets like, around yeah, the trees. Because nice. they got to keep them warm. <laughs> keep, keep them warm. <laughs> and um, maybe, that's, maybe that's what's causing people to die in Barcelona. In Bird Box Barcelona. <laughs> they made bird boxes out of cork. Hey! If you, if you planted the seed with the, the European Spanish there intentionally, 
kudos, my my man, kudos. Uh, yeah. Speaking of sequels, no one fucking asked for. Yeah, yeah fucking Bird Box Barcelona looks like it's the same thing, but it's in Barcelona now. So everyone's We're speaking go with all a around the world accent, yeah. with with bird boxes. Bird box for everyone. Can't wait for Bird Box South Korea. Yeah, yeah they even have bird yeah. in there. I hear they're gonna cross over with Squid Game. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. I, I don't know why they're I mean I get why they're making a new one because obviously the 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 first one was Gangbusters. They're desperate. I guess it was, right. well the the first one was very popular. I it's hard to know how popular because Netflix is like, no, can't let them know. Yeah, it was watched a lot, but wasn't that like during the very early pandemic? Yeah, it was or like was that before that at the right at the start in Jan- it was in January. Yeah, and it it spawned like some bird box challenges where kids would kids would just walk around streets like with blindfolds on and drive cars <laughs> with blindfolds on. It was real cool. Um, so now they're coming out with the second one. I don't think it's gonna have that much of an impact as the, like the first one did because that was. I think the the cast was also a lot, lot bigger. It had a, uh, um, fuck, what's her name? I want to say Jennifer Aniston, but it is not her. Uh, <laughs> not even close. No, 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 no. It's the other, uh, elder white lady. Um, <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking about. She she just had the movie. She just had like the romance uh, action movie. Sure. I, not, I know who George it is, Clooney. but I'm not going to help you. Not a female you. <laughs> counterpart to George Clooney. I have Google in front of me. Fuck, I can just ask ChatGPT who it was. Yeah. Sandra Bullcock. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh... <laughs> there you go. Although uh, you were taking so long, I was starting to doubt myself. I'm like, was it Sandra Bullock or was that the other actress that kind of looks a little bit like Sandra Bullock? <laughs> so many that look like her. Oh. White women. Or Anne, I guess Anne Hathaway. <laughs> would be would be the the younger looking Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Um So there we have it. Sandra Bullock yeah, so, does not return for Bird Box Barcelona. How could she? That's in another comment. Hey. Hey, you don't know that for sure, man. <laughs> if if they somehow do, I mean, that was a nice little story wrapped up. They put a bow on it. They're like she finds a little deaf school or some shit. She she finds or, a bird box. <laughs> What was it? What was it? You couldn't see. You could. You, yeah, you can't like you can't look at the thing. It's, an, never it's like an incomprehensible horror that drives you insane. Okay, so yeah, they find a blind school. That's what it was. They find a, a school in the woods for the blind, and they're the ones that are like going to retake the world. So yeah, but nope. We've got Mario Casasasasasasasas. Um, I think it's Casas. It's me, Mario Houses. As as you see, the name is Casa with an S on it. So, Casas. Hey, be I careful, prefer, Mario. Be careful, I don't know. Bird Box. Nintendo I might Casas, sue you. Sis, 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 sis. Casas. Casas. That's Nintendo Casas. IP. He's got to be careful. <laughs> the name Mario. Yeah. As much as they have tried, I don't think Nintendo has the rights to the don't, name Mario. Don't underestimate Mario and Nintendogs. They'll get you. It's just it's just Chris Pratt in a Mario costume, and it's driving everyone insane in Barcelona. 
Speaking um, of Chris Pratt, he's definitely not starring in this next movie, uh, The Meg 2, The Trench. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's Jason Statham. Another, another sequel to a movie that we covered in the early days of this podcast. Yeah. Um, they're it's all coming back around. They are really taking notes from the success of the Sci-Fi Channel original movies. Uh, that were fantastic, um, and they're just punching it up. Beloved hits such as Primal Force, Mansquito. That's one. Primal <laughs> Force is a great one. First of all, uh, I know you made us watch it. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it always that. Lake Placid was more the one of the more mainstream ones that that. Wait, played. was that a sci-fi? That it was wasn't played a sci-fi on, original on sci-fi movie. a lot, but I think it then became Sci-Fi Channel original when they came out with the second, third, fourth, and fifth. Like um, Placid, I'd even probably. Placider. You know, but you had great <laughs> ones like Sharktopus, and like Shark versus Croc, and Shark versus Croc versus Giant Octopus. Um, well, we can talk about shark movies all day, but like, we know that the one true shark movie has come out. It's already there, it's and we are we are waiting on a special occasion. We're waiting. Maybe yes. I think Kurt and I are waiting to review that one for when Jake has to handle his big shark, Meta, <laughs> his metaphorical big shark, my child. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When that big shark comes out, I'm gonna have my hands full. Joey Big Shark Vito. Joey Big Shark. <laughs> that would be a great nickname, though. <laughs> yeah, we're we're building the legend as we speak. We're planting the seed. Yeah, Tristan just told me he's going to be a star. Apparently, the the news was at her work, and uh, I don't know. Maybe she'll maybe she'll give early birth live on air. <laughs> I, no, I, I hope not. Is that something delivery. you want? <laughs> no, I don't want that. <laughs> I like I like routine. Let's let's Tots keep it to the coming plan. in hot. <laughs> And Hot here tots. we are at Kristen's <laughs> vagina giving birth. You have anything to say? Ah! <laughs> Screams. So, if any of you out there listening wonder, does Jake's wife watch the show? The answer is no, because he would never say yeah. that if she did. I'll tell her to watch this one. She'll tune in. <laughs> in a, in a, about three months, do you guys mind recording? Uh, on a whim if we have to <laughs> we we have we have the potential i think big shark deserves all of us but I, I did promise the last time you were out that the next time that you were out peter and i could review the transformers animated movie from 1980 yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> that's uh yeah maybe unicron's a more fitting metaphor <laughs> um you know and, or maybe jake will just go Back on the strip. Is this a sequel? This is, I, this feels I, like a sequel or like a re a, a soft reboot. Black Magic Mike. I don't. I this movie feels weird. Like it. I I was watching this trailer and I was like, this isn't a real movie. This is a Thirty Rock bit that I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> like these. I don't. I don't understand this movie. I don't understand what the the appeal is supposed to be. They got a lot of famous black actors in it, and uh, it is not. It's, it's it a is, thing. It is 
strangely enough, an original movie. It is not like a soft reboot. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I feel like I feel like we would have heard about this, but it does sound like this was a soft reboot of a movie that never existed, like a comedy from the 80s about all these, you know, it, a lot of these same actors, and it was them, like, forming the, like, an all-black Chippendales act. Yeah, this yeah. is so strange. It's like getting the, getting the gang back together, but also to strip. <laughs> and- well, I mean, I guess that's what, you know, that's where the title comes from. Yeah. They're back on the strip, game. but they're all. I think it also and takes place. They're in also Vegas. in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So. see, it's it's it works on multiple yeah, levels. I, I like it. It's clever. This is a clever movie. <laughs> a clever, clever movie. All right. I um, need to see. This is from Luminosity Entertainment, um, which is is a thing. I don't know. I've never heard of them. Oh yes, it is a Black Chippendales because there's a poster in the thing. Uh, called Chocolate Chips. Yeah, that's the name of their group. Is the, the so I guess in this yeah in this universe there was a yeah okay cool yeah Red. the um yeah Luminosity Entertainment they are on such notable movies as Verona Spies, Steel Soldiers, The Mystery of Casa Matuzita. And Plaza Cathedral. So this is Amazing. seems like a departure from their their previous efforts. I guess this is their this is their breakout move. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's Wesley Snipes getting a movie. He's hey, gotta. I'll take. You gotta pay back the Uncle Sam. <laughs> Anytime, anytime we can get Wesley Snipes doing some some off the wall shit. Yeah, you got Wesley Snipes and you got JB Smooth in there, so it, it'll be good for a laugh or two, even if it does like fucking reek of zero effort. Wayans brother shovelware comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, the on the XX movies of the world. Quickly on the other end of that, um, we we talked about a lot of AI. This movie looks like it was generated by AI. Thank you. Uh, poor things. Yeah, it's as if AI meets Wes Anderson. I wouldn't say Wes Anderson. I mean, maybe for the the, the, the block colors and stylization, but yeah. like the actual filming is like like a fisheye tech. They're using a lot of fisheye for this. There's a lot of fisheye, um, but. I will I will say this for this teaser. Um it gave me one of my favorite moments in trailers ever. I think it's gonna live in my memory like uh Mel Gibson screaming, Give me back my son in the trailer for Ransom mm-hmm. or Harrison Ford saying, Get off my plane in the trailer for Air Force One, and that's Mark Ruffalo post being smacked, looking around very confused and going, Oh, <laughs> in a very posh British accent. <laughs> yeah, Mark Ruffalo, I feel like, is going to steal the show. It, it's starring Emma Stone, um, but the facial expressions on the Ruffalinator, um, I give it five Mark Ruffalos out of, out of five. You know this movie's going to be weird as shit, because Willem Dafoe's in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not only is he Willem <laughs> Dafoe, but Willem Dafoe, before putting makeup on, 
<laughs> he has the scars that he incurred Willem during deformed. the first. Yeah, his Willem deformed, which that's his villain alias from the first uh, Spider-Man movie, when the the Goblin Mobile crashed into his face and uh, and sliced him to ribbons. My favorite Spider-Man villain, Goblin Mode. Yeah, his, when he went I'm Goblin, go Goblin Mode all on you guys. When he went Goblin, I can't mode wait for Spider- Craven the Hunter the movie. Well, that's coming. He's going to crave all over everybody. It's apparently in the Andrew Garfield universe, too. I, dude, they, I can't. Got no look, clue. look, Jake, Sony doesn't even know what the fuck they're doing. Don't try to parse it. All they, I know is that enjo- they need to do a tie-in. Just enjoy across the Spider-Verse when it comes out and don't think too hard about anything. They need a tie-in with Crave Cereal. The cereal that should not be able to call itself a cereal. <laughs> it's just chocolate. <laughs> it is fucking it is. tiny eclairs that you eat for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, not true. It's very, and it's super expensive and comes in a tiny ass box. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's also 95% because, sugar, so. Yeah, because like, they literally said, you know that cheap product, wheat, that we can make all our cereal <laughs> out of? What if we don't make it mostly out of that, and we use. What much if we more use almost none instead. of that? It's so expensive because of the marketing and the profits. You know, what's? I'll you know fuck the inflation calculator. What's? I'm gonna measure the market index by the price of Crave. <laughs> how many? How many well, how Craves much? on the dollar? Oh my! Yeah, no, they're going in. What is? Oh, is this a thirty-two ounce? Uh, was this a little bag of crave? <laughs> this does not look like a thing that comes in. Okay, it's little. <laughs> it's a little, a little dime, dime bag, bag of crave. Of crave. <laughs> for uh, yeah, for seven bucks. A, yeah, a seventeen ounce. Yeah, seventeen ounce box. Um, five dollars. Yeah, but is that the is that the biggest bulk you can get? What what if you bought it in bulk? Uh. What if you bought the 35 ounce from Food Service Direct? The fucking feed sack of Crave. <laughs> so 35 ounce, four per pack, $67. Yep. Doesn't even come in it doesn't even come in Crave packaging. It's just Kellogg's generic yep. packaging. Yep. <laughs> uh here are the uh the the pros. Cereal made with chocolate filling, zero grams trans fat, zero milligrams of cholesterol, contains milk, soy, and wheat, whole grain certified, I... kosher dairy certified, 34 ounce, or almost 1,000 grams each, and four bags per pack. What in the good fuck is this? You could just about get 4,000. Oh, it has a kosher stamp, too, with a little oy That's vein. right. The little Jewish boys can eat crave. Wow. Or Boy. or they can have double chocolate brownie batter crave when you've just given up everything. Should I, should I get this? Look this makes animal? Oreo cereal look like a fucking uh, raisin bran. I I feel like a like a big ass boomer whenever I go to like Walmart, walk down the cereal aisle, and I see powdered donut, you know, nutter butter. Little donatos. Uh, yeah, and just it's like just treats in cereal form. And I'm like, where was this when I was I a was child? A we had 
No, we were too late for Quisp. But we had Cookie Crisp, and we also had Honeycomb Cereal. You know, the one with cookie the ma- crisp. with the raving, insane mascot. With the that, meth like, head? Yes. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah that the possessed your body and turned you into one. Like fucking um, the, the program from The Matrix. I always want to call him Mr. Anderson, but that's what he calls Neo, because <laughs> Neo is Mr. Anderson. Um, I believe he's a smith. Yes, Mr. Smith is the, yeah. Agent Smith, Agent Smith or something like that. Um, yeah. Before we sound like too much of a boomer and, and just like, what's the deal with Oreo or cereals? Speaking we did of have boomers, Oreo cereal. I feel like we've we've crossed that threshold. Yeah. Speaking of boomers, Oppenheimer, the biggest boomer of them all. Arguably, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, new trailer dropped, and uh, people are trading like an MCU trailer. New bomb and, dropped. And uh, the, 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 a lot of people were excited to see that Albert Einstein is going to make an appearance. Uh, I hope they don't mess up his origin story, and they just do exactly what they did in the comics. Bring him over into this, and let that play out. You know, maybe put a little E equals MC squared on his suit. Everybody be happy. It's Albert Einstein, the guy. He's just a um, guy. On the topic of um, geniuses, I've I've fallen down a bit of a rabbit hole here. Okay. So I'm I was looking into procuring a release of Big Shark. I have thus far been unsuccessful in my efforts so i went to see if maybe like april 1st was like its festival date or something like that and it's got a theatrical release date coming and the only information at the end of the trailer is bigsharkmovie.com so naturally i go to visit bigsharkmovie.com and um it redirects to tommywazo.com which uh I will now show for the video audience is this. <laughs> it is a clothing store um <laughs> with just with many pictures of undergarments for sale, uh TW tank tops which feature two young men, one of which who is barely wearing a tank top. <laughs> okay, but a three pack of TW boxers, red, blue, and black for $17. Not a bad deal. Boys, Just... if you're looking for something cheap for my birthday. You want the Princess Penelope watch? <laughs> yes. With the little the, the $50 definitely, no, definitely luxury watch with Tommy Wiseau on it. What, what has me rolling is the free mask with any purchase. Awesome sale. Yeah. Oh, this everything's on sale. It would seem. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Shirt, which is the most ridiculous color of blue. If I weren't so uh, terrified of having like my credit card information stolen, I would maybe buy something. But they offer PayPal. Holy crap! (laughs) I gotta get you a super football watch for ladies. Super football. It's just it's got little footballs in it. It's got little footballs in it. I like how there's a banner at the bottom of just tits. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just man knows bra, how a, to... bra, a, a headless bra, just the upper boob of a of a bra, <laughs> broad woman. White sexy unisex jacket, free mask, Black Friday sale, dollar sign, still up, still apparently in stock, still $19.99, marked down from $69.99. So they only have men's underwear. Yes. Yes. That's upsetting. They And they don't have anything from Best Fiends. Nothing commemorating commemorating oh, here's, there. Here's all the women ladies. Sorry, why why do my, they have an entire watch section that like that baffles me? Yeah. They he must have gotten hooked up with some some apparel company and they're like, here's what we can offer you. So if you believe Tommy Wiseau, the way he amassed his fortune was in the clothing business. Of course that's what he's gonna he, say. He apparently imported and sold jeans and he did have and like in the disaster artist the book uh greg talks about how he was able to find like businesses a business called fashion uh, street fashions usa or something like that Mm -hmm. um registered in his name so there's there's at least some truth to that he was in the garment industry um but yes there's a lot of the Tommy Five. Wiseau, like, There's male stripper briefs. Yeah, the little tiny briefs. And, like, I love the fucking picture they use to advertise this. So the video, watch this episode on video if you can, because yeah. you're missing Are a you lot of... Are you talking about the chrome purple crotch torso mannequin? I'm talking about the little tiny, um, like, P-string boxers. The sports briefs. Uh, which are laid out with a mannequin that has a uh, unnecessarily large bulge. <laughs> yes. And that's wearing the red ones, and you have the, the black and the blue beside it. And in the centerpiece is copy of the room <laughs> that's not actually there. It's been photoshopped in. Yeah. So it's not to scale. Like, <laughs> They just want you to be associated with it. Just bring that into your head when you're thinking of the Tommy Wiseau sexy underwear. And this fucking picture of Tommy Wiseau in the corner of the website is either definitely not him or from the 1930s when he was young. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this has been excellent, Kurt. Thank you for taking this. Is, it. This is a good find. I'm, this is a good find. I am fuck Christopher. I'm Nolan. so happy to have, to have found this. I'm, no, I'm excited to see Oppenheimer, but it will not compare to the ma- majesty that I have just seen. Could Tommy Wiseau please do a biopic? I don't care who. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. You want a biopic that he directs? Yes, and and stars in. Okay, but not of Tommy Wiseau. No. I want the Vanilla Ice biopic done by Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> well, stranger things have happened. Stop. Fred Durst Collaborate. directed Listen. John Travolta. <laughs> Ice is back with a brand new invention. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, I think I made this, so I made this joke about Oppenheimer before, I think, but 
you know, Christopher, a lot of Christopher Nolan movies revolve around one piece of uh, near future, almost believable tech, whether it's, but somehow fantastical, whether it's going into someone's dreams or what if you could move through time backwards or what if there was a really big bomb that just exploded? Oh, you missed out on Interstellar, which I think had probably the most fantastical plot contrivance. I forget what the what the tech in that movie was. Well, I mean, it was basically, it was all fucking, you know, rockets and shit. But at some point, he's able to travel back and he transcends our our three-dimensional plane of existence. Oh, the space-time into, continuum. Yeah. Into like a room full of yarn where he can then be a ghost because gravity is love or something like that. Powerful stuff. I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be freely admit, um, I never watched Interstellar. It's, it's a rough one to get through. Um, it's, it's pretty Do sad. They... Like if I had kids, I don't know that I'd be able to watch that movie. Is there? Do they at any point go uh, hydrofoiling on a yacht? No, surprisingly not. <laughs> Even In fact, they go to a it water was... planet, though, right? Uh, no. Yeah. But, oh yeah. well. Uh, there's like a... A... Well, they think it's gonna be a water planet. There's a lot it... of water, and they land, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this isn't that deep, and it's um, it's just at low tide." But yeah. yeah, they have to like go recover. Yeah. I think a those ship aren't mountains. Or... Those are oh, that's right, that's right. Rubber. I I uh, I do recall that scene now. Yeah. I I had like I said, took me a, a couple tries to get through it. I thought it was okay. There was it was, it's not a bad movie. There was there was I'm a lot of that. um like stuff put into the fact that like the way they did space travel and time dilation and gravity and all that jazz was like really accurate, and the visuals were really nice. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Then there's the aspect that like, okay, let's get down to the meat and potatoes of the movie. And it's just like, well, this is kind of bizarre and like out there. Cause then they get into like fourth dimension and like, yeah, I heard, I heard somebody explain where like the ending of it is actually, he, he died. Like the main character died. Um, and the ending is just him playing what he's dreaming of in his final moments, which is a lot better of a way to look at the ending to it, to be honest. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the, Maybe. the character yeah. secretly died uh, ending. What an original fan theory. Yeah, but there's a lot of people uh, who also just think it could, it could be the other way, where he did he did survive somehow. And... Yeah, I would, I would think it's probably the latter. But the one thing I do like about that movie is that uh, in this near future earth like we're all dried up and it's kind of like the the dust bowl again um and they actually got to play you know the people the older people who lived on earth at this time uh they got dust bowl survivors and they sat them down and talked just had them talk about what it was like in the dust bowl and they used those interviews as you know the citizens of earth at that time it's pretty neat yeah nifty so that was yep. Oppenheimer um. <laughs> by way of TommyWizzo.com <laughs> um, and I think that's I mean that's most of it I guess there was another Spider-Verse trailer um, but like you said Kurt it's not adding too much more yeah we're 
we're locked in at this point. We know pretty much what we know before the movie, and now it's just a matter of waiting for the damn thing to come out. Yep. And every every week seems a little bit longer <laughs> as we get closer. Yeah. What are, what are we at? When is it? When does it drop? June second. Rad. And I would I would say, but I'm gonna go see it in previews. And unless there's a Wednesday night preview, that's probably not gonna happen because yeah. <laughs> June first is a Thursday, <laughs> and that's when we do the show. <laughs> Big brains. Yeah. Although I suppose if we want, we could record a different time. Eh, well, time, time is a, time is a flat circle or some shit don't, like that. Don't show them too much of the sausage. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. We're I got in trouble for that. On behind the scenes stream. I got I got in trouble for that once. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the follow up, where we take a look at the box office. Winners and losers for Domestic Weekend 18 of 2023, covering May 7th, May 5th and 7th. <laughs> um, opening in first, the movie we're reviewing this week, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, making a tidy $118 million, uh, scant $100 million ahead of your second place competition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's 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 a big movie. Um, I think I think that's yeah. a an okay opening. Um, it's it's a pretty respectable. Opening. I mean, it. I think for the quality of it, it's probably a little under. I think it was actually a pretty good movie. So maybe the word of mouth is going to get around, and maybe the the drop off week to week is not going to be that good, or not going to be as drastic mm-hmm. as other ones we've seen. I think it's, you know. We'll see. I'm, I'm kind of interested it's a, it's to see the third see. installment in a in a series in a portion of in a time for Marvel where they're like really deep in the catalog. Well, that's why I'm I'm waiting for like word of mouth to get around and and people to be like, see, oh, I'm I'm interested. I I wonder how much word of mouth is going to carry because Guardians is is generally thought of as being more like. For, for the younger audience. Um, and this movie... Might scar some children. Might scar some children and, you know, might not... Like, there's a lot more language in it. Like, I can see parents being like, eh, maybe we don't take the kids to this well, on the recommendations or, or the recountings of their friends. There already has been that. Um, maybe Maybe it's more the fact that people took their kids to go see it thinking it was going to be... You know, Ant Man Quantumania, and it wasn't Ant Man Quantumania. It was more like, "Hey, this is PG thirteen. We're gonna like get away with. We're gonna go. We're gonna use all that's allowed or that's allocated to us for a PG thirteen movie. Like this was 100% Marvel's first PG thirteen. This is Marvel's <laughs> first f bomb. They're allowed to show a certain amount of blood, like real, like red blood. I guess it's just weird to uh, blood red separate blood. like her blood." Because that's like a common trope all the time is that, you know, they can get away with gore as long as it's an alien and it's yeah. blue, you know, but or a machine. But when you didn't Samurai Jack, but when you show a character getting shot and then they're like bleeding and you got blood, out, red blood all over their hands, it's like, oh, shit, that's a, a little bit more traumatizing. So, 
We'll jump into it a little bit more. I don't know. I, I've just had a lot of people who've like asked if I've if I've gone and seen it and they've heard it's good, it's better, and you know, they they're they're kinda like they're on the fence about going to see it, so I wonder if it's gonna tip more people into seeing it the second week or, or after release. Yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 get into it more, but I I I am detecting a divergence of in opinion about this movie. Um, the king has been knocked off of his throne, the Mario yeah. throne. <laughs> Mario has uh, has lost his power up. See you guys, just like I said. <laughs> 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 fucking weak sauce. I knew it. I knew it coming out of the gate. Make it, couldn't couldn't make it six weeks. In wow. Number one. How sad. In sad. the middle of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, $1.165 billion for the Super Mario Bros. movie after taking an additional 18.55 in its fifth week. Um, but it left 300 theaters, so clearly people are tiring of it. People They've are over Mario. Uh, Evil Dead Rise continues to be a nice little profit machine for Warner Brothers, raking another $5.8 million bringing its total worldwide gross to 116 almost 117 million more off like of evil dead sink i think it was like a 10 million dollar budget or something like that it's a fucking plummets topples uh, <laughs> out of the box office straight down are you there god yeah. it's me margaret <laughs> no nobody's here margaret no one can falls do. into fourth, uh, three point two four five million dollars down fifty one point eight percent week over week. Uh, only a domestic release thus far, so worldwide gross in that thirteen point six eight million. Which brings us to Love Again, uh, which opened the other movie that opened this week <laughs> or last week. You might not have. Might not have heard of that one, <laughs> but this is actually a uh, a trailer we reviewed on the show, as as many of these are, mm-hmm. but this one in particular um, is being called out as such because it is our spotlight film this week. Yes, um, we're we're gonna spot that light. We're gonna light that spot. I don't know. I was <laughs> we work on multiple levels. It's a very complex sort of operation where we'll review a trailer. And then the movie that that trailer is advertising comes out, and we'll also talk about that. Yeah, that that happens so rarely on the show. It's I think I think the French auteur has called this persistence of vision. <laughs> follow follow through. Um, um, but love again, love again. Little love has, is. So, for those of you who don't recall, uh, this is the movie about, uh, I think, her boyfriend, it's a rom-com, and I believe her boyfriend passes away, or fiancé, and uh, she sends a series of romantic texts to his old cell phone number, not realizing, hey, they sometimes repurpose those things, (laughs) and uh, some dude has it, and he just kind of like, slides into her dead fiance's role. <laughs> Just I'm, fucking cucks I'm him from beyond the now. grave. <laughs> um and people people aren't 
are too keen on this movie, it wouldn't seem. Uh, 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. 25% critics score on Rotten Tomatoes. 0.5 out of 4 from Slant Magazine. I, I love the random third uh, yeah. <laughs> review site who, Google who always brings up. It's not Metacritic. <laughs> um, a lot of newspapers actually have star scales that top out at 4. That's I remember so that. And if you... So for everyone who was all up in arms about fucking Mario movies audience score versus the critic score or whatever, um, I'd like to introduce you to this little tidbit here. Love Again has a 28% fresh rating on 25 reviews from critics. as has a 92% audience score. <laughs> like... They don't allow the bad reviews through for audience scores. Audience scores, if the audience score is below 90, you know you have a steaming pile of shit on your hands. Yeah. It's a little biased that way. Like 80, the lowest one, actually, oh yeah, Evil Dead Rise only has a 77 audience score. Interesting. But again, the verified ratings thing is is kind of a crock of shit. It gives them carte blanche to purge any reviews they don't want on the site for whatever reason. So, you know, this could naturally create a weird conflict of interest where someone could offer Rotten Tomatoes web administrators a uh, a certain amount of money (laughs) to set the audience score at a certain level. So they could then advertise that on their trailers to drive additional week revenue, but uh, who, no, no, no studio would ever stoop to those what, lows. Who would have that kind of money, though? That'd be an insane amount of money, and and certainly you wouldn't expect that out of, uh, you know, famous actress Priyanka Chopra, Jonas, <laughs> and Celine Dion. <laughs> in her first acting role, I think. Uh oh. I mean, outside of maybe Canadian television. Saline Dawn. Saline Dawn has actress credits in 130 movies. That I okay. <laughs> they put her songs in some movies. Uh yeah, I think this is a little skewed, though. There seems like there are different versions of movies as well that they're including. They're goosing um, the numbers. Oh, a lot of the movies are, like, concert movies. Yeah, they are. That's okay. weird. They're, they're almost all concert movies. Yeah, they're, yeah, they said, yeah, they're classified as music video. What the fuck? Okay. Oh, okay, so they're just music videos. Of her songs, so she's made a lot of music. Oh, Muppets Most Wanted, Piggy, Fairy Godmother. Yeah, okay. Uh, was she in Titanic? I know she did the the song for I Titanic. Doubt she was in Titanic. Titanic, yeah. Weird why IMDb classifies actress credits in music videos. Well, I mean, it's an acting gig. <sighs> Granted, it does seem a little. Uh. <laughs> but it's it's weird to say famous actress Celine Dion with if if you're yeah like if it's your the music video for your song yeah it's kind of a little weird. 
But anyway, Anyways. none um, of this is love again. No, I, wonder how, real. Uh, I wonder what casting <laughs> was like for that music video. You know, real. We only talk real about reviewers. Real reviewed by real, real reviewers are are breaking down the door to have their voices heard. And the one forum, asides from the one that they're posting in, where their work goes recognized. Reviewers such as uh, John0989. Yes, the name's John. John0989. Yeah, that's that's um, uh, the MI6 has gone through a lot of agents. They're, they're running up the numbers. Uh, he gave a 10 out of 10 review for Love Again. Absolutely loved it. Let's face it, if you're going to a theater expecting to watching <laughs> expecting to watching a Sophie's Choice, then this is not your cup of tea. Also, if you're going to the theaters hoping to watch an artsy movie, then this is not what you're looking for. <laughs> really? This movie is strictly for people that love all those rom-coms in the 90s and aughts. You know, those extra cheesy example. Uh, which is written out as EX colon, a walk to remember, comma, etc. <laughs> Just the one. Just the one. Again. Just the one. It's the one they had. One example. <laughs> There's walk to remember and no other examples. <laughs> I thought the movie was great. I had certain expectations and all were fulfilled. I went in thinking of it, thinking of it would be, of it would be, be a love rom-com which was is there a different kind of rom-com brain damage again i think the cast was great especially priyanka i think she did a great job celine was amazing as well she's on a first name basis with all these actors or he's on a first name basis rather um sam was good too <laughs> it's a simple story little boring in the middle but overall Good rom-com. Again, this was a 10 out of 10 review, <laughs> which somehow 7 out of 12 found helpful. Powerful. That is that is a shocking conversion rate. All right, I'm going to try to read this as similarly to Desmond. So just uh, try to look at that picture. Well, not picture, but the... Uh, put the image in your head of Desmond. I, I offered the link there. So boring, I almost died. I literally kept waiting for something to happen. The story was so dead that watching paint dry is more entertaining. The acting was average. The story was poor. Yes, rom-coms are formulaic. But this was a rom dep, romance depression. Hmm. I regret having wasted my money and time, and would highly recommend that if you want to see it, just wait for it to come on streaming channel. The sad part is that I was actually excited to watch this, but I was miserably let down by the poor storyline. Who the fuck is driving by it? With <laughs> classic, like, classic suburban suburban drivers. Love, love suburban Formula F one racing. 
I we I think we drove past a couple of those guys the other earlier this week, Kurt, where they were just they had like they they cut their mufflers off or whatever. They put the cherry bombs in and they were going a hot yeah. twenty miles an hour. <laughs> what are you pulling me over, officer? I did not. <laughs> Fuck my idiots. Sorry. Uh, back to this. Um, but I was miserably let down by the poor storyline, the average acting, and the almost depressingly repetitive, moping, crying, sad story of the main character whining about her dead boyfriend. 11 out of 24 found this helpful. <laughs> That's not enough. Uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Your Mike's the Colossus sounds an awful lot like John Carmack. <laughs> um, no, no, uh, John Carmack, the programmer of Doom, not Alistair Carmack, oh, dean of our school of engineering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never heard John Desmond. Carmack speak. Um, he, I it's guess very he sounds robotic. like Jake's impression of... It's it's very robotic, and he often ends sentences with. Mm. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. He is a, he is an advanced uh, artificial life form coming <laughs> from the, from beyond the galaxy to help us to uplift if uplift us into the new age. Like me, I'm uplifted. Uh, just like our next very very <laughs> human reviewer. Uh, Y-F-X-P-D-Y-B-T-P-P uh, with their 3 out of 10 review. Of course. Uh, love to hate it, but I hated loving it. <laughs> and, it's in, and it's in the form of a list. Um, one, I will support Sam Hutton in everything he does, <laughs> including a, ro- a rom-com with Priyanka Chopra. Two, I went into this movie with le- very little expectations, and yet somehow it both underwhelmed and overwhelmed all of them. Three, there are a few genu- genuinely clever scenes that largely depend on creative cameos. Four, the script is so bad, so spectacularly bad, that you have to enjoy just how bad it truly is. There were many moments that were not intended to be funny, but me and my friends ended up crying from laughter. Five, it's worth a watch. If you are looking for a get-you-in-the-feels, immerse-yourself-in-romance kind of movie, I'm not sure this is it. But if you want to enjoy a movie that is fun to watch, go for it. And six, uh, I would like to reaffirm that Sam Lynn... Uh, can do no wrong in my eyes, despite lack, despite my lackluster review of this movie. Six out of eighteen found that one helpful. Well, at least he has a fan. If if Sam Hlin has ten fans, I'm one of them. <laughs> if Sam, if, uh, yeah. <laughs> I read from the book of C. Gerard. I see Gerard. Chapter 33, verse 079. Which one is that fire to? 24-20. Loved Love Again. I loved Love Again. It was sweet and cheesy and adorable and funny and everything I want on a rom-com, including relish. 
<laughs> Damn those critics who think they're so sophisticated that they can't enjoy a feel-good story that's wholesome and has a happy ending. I mean, it's a rom-com, right? We know going in what the formula is. So it's about the ex- executive, I believe they meant execution. And this story was executed perfectly. <laughs> and if this doesn't put Sam Huin <laughs> to the attention of the Hollywood star makers, there's no hope. <laughs> he was brilliant. Perfect comedic timing. Priyanka Chopra Jones is a gorgeous and relatable, and her sister Sam's co-workers and Celine added great color and commentary. I wish I could see it again right away, and we'll go next week if it's still playing. <laughs> Five out of nine found that helpful. All right. I decided this was a Jiminy Glick review at the end uh, there. Terrible movie. And oh, it's <laughs> lousy Priyanka's again. Eye-rolling emoji. Um... <laughs> So that'll happen a couple times. One out of ten. Dead boring script. Awful acting and a lot of makeup on her. She can't she can't be seen without it, seems. <laughs> We're all Why this... so much makeup okay. even? <laughs> I'm gonna have to um I also need to include how many exclamations there are. Okay. <laughs> so there was one there was two already. Dead boring script exclamation. With spaces uh, not properly positioned, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> she can't be seen without it. It seems exclamation mark. What were we all? What were all the surgeries for? Question exclamation. I rolling emoji. I was literally forced to watch this rubbish by by a friend who's who's girlfriend GF just loves romantic <laughs> movies and even she found it to be pathetic. Exclamation mark. No intelligent person will like this trash. And no one who really wants a good story and reasonable acting uh, would pick a movie with Priyanka's in it. I feel weird saying Priyanka's, like multiple chopers. (laughs) With Priyanka's in it! Exclamation. Maybe those Bollywood movie lovers, but not for Hollywood! Exclamation. No way! Exclamation. Her expressions and overacting is honestly overbearing, and that kid husband of hers is in this too. That's all I needed. <laughs> Shake my head! Exclamation mark. Not going to be watching anything with her in it ever again. Two exclamation marks. Twice is enough, and both times I was left beyond disappointed. Watch this at your own peril! Exclamation mark. Three out of nine found this helpful. I I do enjoy the fact that, like, overacting is probably just the bar for yeah. acting yeah. in Bollywood. If you come up in Bollywood, that's just, you know that it's acting. Yeah. Apparently she was in Raw 1. Oh, I, sure. Which is a movie that I've heard of. <laughs> it exists. Yeah. Um, and then finally, from from our other very human reviewer, um, NNFZQWFJJ, <laughs> love again, 7 out of 10, good. I was not expecting more than good. 
I adore Sam and will happily go and see anything he is in. I enjoyed this film more than I thought I would. It, it was a very average rom-com. A little more comedy would have been nice. But overall, <laughs> it has earned its place. I have reviewed much worse and much better films over the years. I loved seeing Selena Dion. I am a hopeless romantic and adore her songs and voice. Sam and Priyanka have great chemistry, and the side characters were well-developed. An overall nice film. Nothing exciting, just a Sunday afternoon film with a happy ending, and a couple of pretty stars and good songs to enjoy along the way. One out of one. Yeah. uh, Sanity, except for for Selena Dion. Sam Huon seems to have a lot of fans for a guy who's been in very little. Well, I guess okay. He's on a TV show that I suppose What's the is name popular. Of the TV show, Outlander. Okay, I haven't I haven't heard of it. I thought it was going to be I one haven't of heard like of CW either. teen dramas that has like the ridiculous following. No, not really. So he's he's got twenty six credits, and uh, among them include. Uh, luminary credits such as the voice of Mirror Master in Lego DC Super Villains, the video game. Amazing, powerful, grandiose. Uh, young Alexander the Great back in 2010 when he was probably. Okay, he was 30 in 2010. He's not that young. Yeah, not, not a whole lot here. Nope. Um, so interesting that he has such a passionate following. They just, they just really love. Outlander him. must be real popular. He's just the total with a hunk certain guys. sect. Alrighty, back back to the grind. Yep. In six in its seventh week, uh, John Wick Chapter Four, two point three million dollars down, another fifty one point seven percent. A lot of movies dropping fifty one percent week over week. Uh, John Wick 4 has secured its bag, baby, $406.8 million. Mm-hmm. Um, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, uh, now available for purchase on digital, um, <laughs> is feeling the effects of that as it has been jettisoned from nearly a 1,000 theaters, um, bringing in a, a paltry, a paltry $1.4 million in its sixth week. Um... Two hundred two million dollars worldwide, and I know, I know, I personally know quite a few people who are like, "Yeah, I wasn't gonna go out to the theaters to see it, but I'll, I'll see it when it's available on like on demand." So I think this movie is gonna have a nice little back end, uh, yeah. in home video sale. It better. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. Why I felt the need to threaten you, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. <laughs> I want to bring that hostility to this sort of interaction. Uh, Air finds itself in eighth. Um, never really got into a bunch of theaters, but uh, is leaving them at a pretty good clip there. I have 770. Uh, $1.39 million f- uh, weekly take for Air. Um, $85 million worthwide. Gross. Not Not too bad. Um, the Covenant, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, finds itself in ninth, down 65.6%. Big oof, already leading theaters, 824. 
theaters jettisoning it out, um, and it peaked at like twenty three hundred theaters. Just couldn't um, find its spot, and made a, a not so so lucrative fifteen point seven million dollars. So mm. here we were thinking this was going to be the the more lucrative film out of the two Guy Ritchie movies we got this year. We were blessed with two, <laughs> and they entered in a world that was not ready for them. Just could have we could just put them together, and done twice <laughs> as well. Add. And rounding out the top ten is Sisu. Yep, just hanging, Sisu. hanging out in tenth life, love, living life, loving love, being Finnish, right? Dropping, uh, yeah, I think he was Finnish or something like that. Um, yep. Lapland. Oh, I don't yeah, know if Lapland, that's in Finland. Lapland. Um. Or Swiss, I don't, I don't oh, know. I wonder if this doesn't have a slow roll too or not. I don't know if this is, it's only I, theaters. I don't think it's gonna open it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this is a a small release movie. They're only releasing it in markets where they think it's gonna do okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Shout out yeah. to uh, Quantum Mania with its. They did a re-release, I guess, like a very small re-release. I think probably just for, probably for like drive-ins, so you could do a double feature with Guardians. Oh yeah, yeah. that would make sense. Or other theaters that do double features. But it's always fun. It's always fun to see it in twelfth last week at thirty-five. Yeah, up six thousand. Didn't didn't even pull in a pull in a mill, but nope. But I mean, what the per theater take, f- honestly, is is <laughs> on par with Mario. Yeah, people Mario. came out to the theater. People came out to the theater to see it. That's for sure. Um, four hundred seventy-five million dollars. There, there must be diehard Marvel fans still. <laughs> they exist in the wild, in co- in coexistence with the real movie reviewers. The yeah. ecosystem is diverse. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful for it. Speak, well, we're still on the topic of movies. This isn't uh, trailers, but I did just see that the uh, sequel to the platform, uh, one of like a very famous Spanish movie that was released on Netflix. Yeah, uh, that I came think. out I think a couple years ago or something like that. I feel like I heard about uh, this. Yeah, yeah. So they just announced that it's getting a sequel. The, which the I platform. Don't, See, they got to keep going with the series, and then st- as they instead of getting to platform ten, they have to pause, and they'll do they'll do part of a movie, right? And it'll be platform nine and three quarters. Yeah, I was wondering how you were going to swing this back around to the Harry Potter reference, and I won't say that you stuck the landing, no. but you got it there. Yeah. <laughs> we we're all worse off for it. We can move on with our lives. Yeah, they're keeping the same director, so whatever that and- means. And move on we will as we shift our focus to gaming news. Um, Correct. And and we discuss gaming news. I have a review this week, so I'll, I'll hold that Lovely. and go um, towards the end. Not, not not gaming news technically, but it's in Ko- it's in Kotaku. I went to Kotaku, um, and <laughs> yeah. I know, but you know, we you want when you find want to find the real rancid sort of gamer gamer takes you know that's where you want to go so side note <laughs> um 
Batman and there's a the Batman and the Justice League are doing a like cameo tie-in collaboration with Ruby. Ruibi. Ruby Ruby. Interesting. And Oh yeah. And Batman is he he has bat wings now in this. Hmm. Okay. And so he's he's a bat man. Um yep. that's that's all. It's Ruby. I not not my thing. But um you know, just JL, you know, DC will just, you know, Kurt and I were talking about this on the way home from Guardians of the Galaxy. You you literally <laughs> cannot predict what the hell DC is going to come out with next. <laughs> Especially with James Gunn at the helm now. Yeah. They are, they are like a fucking coked up, <laughs> greasy and, man. And much like the best coked up uh, business boys of the 80s, you know, they give us beautiful things with the with the with the ninja turtles like that you know they made the batman uh meets the ninja turtles crossover uh animated film pretty nifty yeah um, which uh was based off the comic run yeah uh but my actual a couple years prior. is the the review or the comparison out here for the asus uh rog ally rogally <laughs> the rogue oh, yes the rog ally yeah um so they, I'm gonna skip the actual review because it's it feels like it's gonna be just sponsored content. Um, yeah, so I have heard a little bit about the general reception to it. Like it is the first, I would say, legitimate competition to the Steam Deck because yeah. while it, it is more expensive, yep, and it is. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I'm just I'm gonna give it the rundown uh, of all the specs it has here. And it kind of compares them directly to the Steam Deck. So if you want to ask, I can I can put one up against the other. So uh, AMD Ryzen Z1 Extreme Zen 4, um, RDNA 3 for the graphics, um, mm-hmm. seven inch nine nineteen twenty by ten eighty resolution. So it's ten eighty instead of seven twenty. Yep, uh, one hundred twenty hertz, five hundred nits. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's one hundred twenty hertz. Um, 512 gigs of storage with a micro SD, um, 16 gigs RAM, LPDDR5, uh, mm-hmm. a Xbox style controls. So, uh, but uh, a button, a D-pad, and two uh, asymmetrical thumbsticks. Um, Interesting. Programmability: two two back paddles, thumbstick dead zone. Plus sensitivity, sensitivity, and trigger sensitivity. Um, audio, dual front facing speakers, five one two surround sound, Dolby Atmos, uh, six hundred and eight grams. Um, haptic feedback, Armory Crate launcher, which maybe that's their launcher. Um, fingerprint, fingerprint unlock, which is funny because this has what's notable is is by its absence uh, what this doesn't have. Is a touch screen. Oh. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it does not have a touch sensitive screen. So that's actually going to be a real problem for it. Yeah. Um, because it runs Windows, like generic Windows, and the, the Atlas launcher might be like a uh, a controller friendly interface for windows wait maybe i had that sorry maybe i had that wrong reading it again it doesn't have the touch pads ah 
Okay. But still, that will make navigating uh, in, like, PC mode more difficult. And the thing that I've heard most about the... uh, So first off, let's talk pricing. So the 512 gigabyte model comes in at $649, which is about... I think that's price parity with the 512 Steam Deck. Okay. Um, This has a much newer SoC in it uh, that will be a lot more powerful. However, I wonder if... So I wonder if it's it's got too much hardware in it, because uh, one of the nice things about the Steam Deck is that they made really smart compromises uh, to deliver a experience that works very well in that form factor, and we've seen these really powerful handheld PCs from companies like Ioneo in the past, and. They all have one thing in common, and that is that they chew through battery. And you have a higher resolution screen here. It's refreshing twice as much. Yeah, the the refresh rate, the 120 hertz. I, I notice on my phone I have that option to do go mm. between 120 hertz and 60 hertz. And I, I normally keep it on battery saver, which is 60 hertz, but when I have it on 120 hertz, it eats through my battery i mean it's an older phone but we're talking that's what i was just looking for mm. and it, they claim performance mode when it's on battery two hours of gaming yeah so um, you could almost yeah. say it's got two gears low gear and game gear <laughs> classic um, joke the, for there's all also out yeah. there that's pretty good there's also a one terabyte model which um comes in at 899 uh, the SSD is user replaceable, so I, I would hope that there's a accompanying there's some sort of spec increase, yeah, um, to the one terabyte model to justify that much additional cost. Um, but again, I've I've heard, I've heard some through the grapevine. Now I don't know if it's, is it to market today or is it, um. is it just. I like they've revealed know. price, so I don't I don't know if re- like reviews from real people, I don't believe have come out yet. I don't believe the review embargo has lifted, but I have heard through what I consider to be reliable industry sources that the the performance is great, but the user interface needs a lot of work. Um, Mm-hmm. Linus of Linus Tech Tips on his 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 weekly podcast, The Wayne Show, described it as the Steam Deck is like a console. It's got a a verified library of games that work well on it, and it's wrapped up in a very user friendly experience um, that's very easy to interface with, and it just works. Whereas the ROG Ally is a lot more like having a computer with a controller attached to it. Um, and it's it's just not as pleasant to use. But um, I am very interested to see how well this does. Um, the Steam Deck feels like a winning team product mm-hmm. where there's going to be a lot more... Com- it's going to have a larger install base... It's gonna have. It's kind of like the iPod versus Zune, right? Zune had much better specs, 
than competing iPods at a better price, too. Right. But the iPod was the winning team product. It had the larger install base. It had the better support. It was, uh, you know, uh, do, yeah. dressed up like a premium thing. It had it had the uh, the killer apps. Yeah. Um, and so in the case of the Steam Deck, it still has the Silver Bullet, which is the base model Steam Deck, and it's very very attractive three ninety nine price tag. Yeah. Um, for reference, I did find uh, it. It will launch June thirteenth. Okay. Yeah, for again for seven hundred dollars. They almost had it for Juneteenth. Damn. <laughs> so, Asus is reportedly. Wait, why would Asus? Is our oh yeah Asus yeah, ROG is yeah okay I, I don't know why I thought MSI did ROG for a second there. Um, Asus OS is is under development apparently, and uh, it will be able to link Steam, Epic, Origin, and Xbox Game Pass to the OS. So what that says to me is they're gonna run like a a different GUI over Windows, but it's gonna be Windows under the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're probably working on like what they have to do to make that legal. Um, but it does have some interesting features like uh, eGPU support, which the Steam Deck does not have. Um, at least not natively. There are hacky ways to get it to work. Of course, yep. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it does. I feel, though, like it's going to go the way of the Zune, where some people will buy it and they'll be really happy, or like the way of Game Gear versus Game Boy. Mm-hmm. People are going to get it. There are going to be people that really like it and will swear up and down till they're blue in the face that it's a better product than the Steam Deck, but Steam Deck's probably gonna do a lot better in the long run. Yeah, and then when they come out with the Steam Deck 2, no one's gonna talk about the Ally. Yeah. And and everyone knows, like you say to, to a game, you're like, oh it's the it's the Steam game console. And they go, oh I get it. And you then you go and you say it's the Asus ROG Ally. And they go Okay. Sure, kids. I'll put that right next to my Wonder Swan. <laughs> my what is yeah. it? The fucking what? The Nokia Z, the Zoo or the Zio or some shit. Um, they're, they're infinite. Yeah. They're infinity failed handheld consoles. Yeah, the N gauge. That's what I was thinking of. The N gauge. Yeah. I don't know that Nokia did that. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of crazy shit. All right, Jake, what you got? Um, so the Legend of Zelda, uh, Tears of the Kingdom game is a, a new game that just, I think some came kind out of video logical. Game. Yeah. It's some weird RPG. There's been a million Zeldas out and, uh, for the life of me, I still don't know which one is Zelda. I think there is, um, some sort of like link cable you could trade Pokemon with, I think, to this game. It, it's weird. <laughs> Anyways, it's wild that they're still using link cables. But um, Tears of the Kingdom just released. Um, reviews are in, flying in. Pickle Jeff tweets out reviews for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom are flying in. IGN 3 out of 10. Destructoid 2 out of 10. GameSpot 2.5 out of 10. So not doing so great. Um, huh. Funny joke. 
it is uh, 10 out of 10 across the board, um, pretty much. Well, I mean... 9 out of 10, 9.75 out of 10 here and there. There are very few people brave enough to uh, give anything less than 10 to the latest Zelda game, lest they be attacked mercilessly by the Zelda fanboys. Yeah, but from initial reviews, um, people playing it, they are loving it. They are saying it seems like the Breath of the Wild was a trial run for this. Um, I am interested to see what it'll be like. Uh, could be cool. The I mean, it's easy to to rag on it. You know, it's doesn't look any mm-hmm. different from Breath of the Wild. Waited a while for this to come out. Um, also, is playing on the Switch, which arguably we should dig a hole and bury the switch 10 feet under and yeah, hope that the... no more games come out for it because at this point it's just like not there not up to par with where games should be performance wise um if it's optimized for it, great because i remember well, even breath of Bre- the wild breath editions. of the wild ran i mean it ran pretty well on the switch for yeah. the the scope of the game i'm thinking hey you know, it's been like six years or whatever. They've probably optimized it because the game is the same. Essentially, I think it's the same map. Um, they used the same bones for this and just like added right. um, a second story to it. Well, I think I the think sky. they kind of had to because I, I feel like Breath of the Wild was kind of... I mean, I guess it came out on the Wii U, so it it's not that demanding but i feel like they couldn't push the switch much further than they did with breath of the wild lest they end up with like a legends arceus or a scarlet and violet type yeah uh took a lot of performance wise a lot of discipline my my biggest issue with tears of the kingdom is that this is a switch game that is retailing for 70 dollars when all previous first-party Nintendo games on the Switch retailed for $60. Now, I know Sony and Microsoft are charging $70 for next-gen games, but they actually have next-gen hardware, Nintendo. You're charging me $10 more for a game on a device that is seven fucking years old, running a chip that's a year older than that even, so the hardware in it is eight fucking years old. You know, I think there used to be a time where uh, Nintendo games were even... Uh, cheaper by quite a bit than I think in the GameCube era they often were ten dollars cheaper. GameCube, Game Boy, DS games, a lot of those, like even you know, those are handheld, but still they were cheaper than what you were getting your Xbox games for and they were, you know, as fun or or, you know, they, they itched that scratch that couldn't be itched by Xbox. And that was a nice feature is that they were cheaper. You didn't have to spend sixty dollars on a handheld game and the other kind of point to that, and this kind of encompasses all games that are now up to about $70, even if you account for inflation, you know, oh, you know, inflation's gotten it up to $70 by now. It's like, it, it makes sense to be paying that. Back in the day, we were also paying for manufacturing of discs and cases and distribution. And now it's a digital download. I think to ask for... $70 for an unfinished game on a digital download well, yeah. is definitely still... if it's unfinished is is true yeah. I you see that's it's an argument I kind of see both sides on right because um, 
Xbox 360 debuted in 2005 and brought with it the $60 standard pricing on games. It was $50 the previous generation. Costs went up as game development costs rose. Game development costs have continued to rise, but the price stayed pretty much the same. So I understand like where there is justification to raise the price because it has not really kept pace with inflation. If we kept pace with inflation, you know, a $60 game in 2005 probably cost close to 80 something dollars. And even back in the day, you know, like 1980s games were like, could be like an NES game could go for 60 bucks on its own. And in 1980 dollars, that's closer to like a hundred dollars today. And that was, I mean, that was kind of, infamously or, or colloquially vernacularly uh the reason for nintendo hard difficulty was yeah. trying to maximize the value for your very expensive game that ran on a 16-bit system um mm-hmm. so does the value are you gonna get that but at value the same now? time as a consumer i see that games now are not being sold i'm not buying a complete game for what i'm buying because you know there's going to be a wave or two of dlc so they're going to want the season pass out of me and there's going to be other microtransaction opportunities so to get everything that would have shipped on the disc in ye olden days i'm probably looking at poning up like 120 to 150 dollars which is Mm -hmm. a lot of money even relative to yeah. Uh, you know the past days so i see both sides of the argument um i mean i don't want to pay more money for games so obviously i'm kind of on the side of like why would you fucking raise the price yeah yeah i didn't i didn't realize they raised the price i haven't checked out like to buy it at all so i didn't realize they it's did up it to seven dollars i mean i guess is- for me the more egregious thing is that nintendo doesn't believe in sales um and yes. they don't believe in <laughs> like B properties Um, because the the kind of sticking one for me is the uh, Advance Wars reboot camp one and two which is a graphical update port of Advance Wars one and two Um, for all intents and purposes games right huh they're Game Boy Advance games right yeah they put it's kind of like Link's Awakening um, where they put the fresh coat of paint on it and gave a little voice acting to it um and Link's Awakening, I feel, could at least pretend to justify its its full price tag because it's a Zelda property, so Zelda has to go for it. But um, no such franchise love exists <laughs> for Advance Wars. I like Advance Wars, but there's not like Advance Wars. It has its fans, but it's not Zelda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nonetheless, they charge a full $60 for this port and graphics upgrade. Of two games. I mean, yeah, and like look what they did with uh Mario three D All Stars. It's yeah. <laughs> it was sixty dollar bundle of games that Nintendo themselves had recently sold at prices that if you just paid them would have been like forty five dollars. And they fucking made it a limited time release. <laughs> exactly. Nintendo's been very scummy over this the Switch years. Yeah. Um so they're not a fun company to to like rally behind because they 
on one hand they feed you, on the other hand they they fuck you. Are reaching into your reaching into your back pocket and just swiping everything. One you hand got. in your mouth, another hand in your ass. You know. I'm not hey. saying I wouldn't shake hands with Nintendo. I'm just saying I'd count my fingers afterwards. You know you what know, I mean? And, and that's not even that's not even to mention all the stuff they do behind the scenes with like um, IP restriction. Yeah, and suing the way they fan treat games. Their fan base. How they they you mm. know DMCA strike people, it's, copyright strike people who are just trying to like have fun with their game. And it's almost and it's very it's clear. clear what they're doing. There's almost no like um, subtlety about it where. You can tell that they're about to re-release a game when they start cracking down on any properties associated with it. Yeah, yeah which like is when so strange. Another Metroid Two or remake got shut example, down. Yeah. Everyone's like, "Yep, okay, they're finally remaking Metroid 2. <laughs> because the reason I bring this up is because there literally was just a thing where somebody who's uh, very prominent or very, uh, yeah, I guess prominent in the Breath of the Wild community. Uh, got copyright strike multiple times for like an allowable. It was a, I guess it was a mod or it was, I guess it was a mod, but it was a, technically allowable under their terms and conditions. And they were playing it for uh, on YouTube mm-hmm. and they took down that. They didn't send the Pinkertons after him, did they? Several others. No, I think but they, they might now that they've seen Watson get away with that. They're gonna be like, they "Wait, you can do to, that? They just, can... they just, you know, ruined this guy's, you know, monetary. I mean, they, they pulled they his, they pulled his like plug month, out but... of the matrix. <laughs> yeah, they, they messed him up. They took a bunch of, took a bunch of videos that he's he edited on, you know, his own time and just threw that in the fucking garbage. And then on top of that, with with a lot of those copyright strikes, if you get too many of them, you do get your your yeah. channel deleted. You can, you can be your channel can get suspended. It can get deleted. It's not, it's not a good thing. And like yeah. the appeal system, sucks. Yeah. Everyone. They don't have to give any evidence whatsoever to like say no. Our we're in the right, and they can just say no, no, no. We reject it. And, and what are you gonna do? Sue Nintendo? The no. chances of an actual person at YouTube like that, reviewing <laughs> your case is is very small yeah. and at any point they could just be like oh, we're gonna side with nintendo sorry kid so what we're yeah. trying to say is nintendo nintendo got that nintendo dog in them and it's not a good one <laughs> it's a Bad bully dog. it's a bully breed yeah um all right so i guess i'll i'll go now with uh my review of hi-fi rush um, Hi-Fi Rush is a game that kind of came out of nowhere, I think, for a lot of people. It wasn't a release that was on uh, my radar, certainly. Um, but I saw it pop up on Game Pass, and it was getting a lot of positive buzz. And I I started to play it, and then I had an issue where uh, Game Pass wouldn't fucking run at all on my computer. And uh, I recently re- reinstalled Windows, and that fixed that issue. So I got to finish it up. And, um, you know, almost by virtue of it being, like, the one game that released in a finished state in 2023, mm-hmm. it's an early frontrunner for Game of the Year, but um, it it definitely is in contention for that on its own merits. Um, it is a super charming, uh, kind of, like, anime, cyberpunk-ish uh, art style um, all the characters are, are a lot of fun. Um, I can see 
you know, every person who plays the game kind of having their own favorite character based on their own personality traits. Um, it's It's got a great gameplay loop to it. Um, it is a rhythm game <laughs> masquerading as an action game, but is actually also really an action game. Uh, the combat has a lot of depth to it. It has the same sort of uh, controls you'd come to expect in a action game these days with uh, light and heavy attacks, uh, you know, a dodge button, the ability to parry. Um, it actually has a very similar control scheme to Sifu to the point where I would accidentally hit the wrong button when I was trying to parry things. <laughs> um but the key to doing well is to stay on rhythm to the music. Your attacks always hit on beat, so if you don't have great rhythm, you can just watch your attacks land and press the button as they land, kind of like uh, a critical strike in an Arkham game or in uh, a Shadow of Mortar slash Shadow of War game, because gotcha. that ripped the combat right from the Arkham games. Um. And there's different enemies with different attack patterns and there are, you know, different strengths of enemies. And they do a great job of taking that basic concept of like, you know, rhythm based timing and varying the mechanics enough to keep the, the levels interesting. It's not a super long game. It took me about 10 hours of gameplay to get through, but every level had a lot of, it was very unique in setting. Um, a lot of there are a lot of enemies that are reused but they introduce unique enemies uh you have partner characters you basically can call in an assist from mm -hmm. uh which much like marvel can lead to some crazy combo potential once you uh invest in the right uh traits and by the end of my my time with the game i was pulling off uh like pretty much whole combat combos mm -hmm. of like 400 hits you were plus. taking them for a ride Yes, and it was it was a lot of fun. It's it's very visually appealing when you uh like there are certain combo enders where you can call in an assist partner and it'll like launch them and hang them up in the air and then you can go and do an air combo and there are also air combo versions of all the assists. So then you can cycle through it, you end up with three. But and different enemies require different assists to be called to to make them vulnerable to damage. Mm -hmm. So you have to plan around well, you know, you have to kind of dance around waiting for your assist character, the appropriate assist character to recharge while, you know, you're still doing damage and attacking on rhythm, keeping your combo up. So the combat is very engaging um, and very deep. And I feel like if you play it on hard, I played through on normal, it would be a very fun challenge, fun but fair challenge. And that's how I describe this game. Uh, there were definitely moments that were challenging, and I think there are some, there are some times where, uh, like, little actuation mini games went on a little too long i'm like okay there's too much stuff it's hard to keep it all straight um but they were few and far between uh like i said every level was very unique um and introduced new enemy types that you had to to deal with um the story is kind of basic uh you uh the main character chai signs up for the Armstrong project from uh, Vandalay Technologies, which I kept thinking of Vandalay Industries right. from Seinfeld. Sure. on purpose. Um, and I, I, made, I made many so-you-want-to-be-my-latex-salesman jokes uh, during the, my first few hours with the game. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but the Armstrong Project uh, gives uh, cybernetic limb augmentations to people, uh, not necessarily because they're disabled or whatever, but Chai gets gets cold feet, I think, or, or realizes that not everything might be above board, and he kind of has an accident where his music player is infused to his chest, and that deals with his power and he sees the world in song now. So like everything in the world around you like pulses to the beat of the music in the soundtrack. Uh, for a game like this to work, the soundtrack would have to be good. And I am happy to say that it is an excellent soundtrack. Um, it's got a lot of great original tracks in it. It's got a lot of great um, licensed tracks in it and everything blends in and it fits the all the songs fit the mood of the levels, and some of them are kind of earwormy. And the sound effects that they add in for like when you're doing a combo, uh, you really kind of get to, especially with the original songs, kind of influence the tone and timbre of the music as you play the game. And it it feels really cool to both be pulling off these awesome combos and having the music accompany your actions. Because we as as we all know from uh you know the uh, Cronada trilogy, <laughs> timing your your action beats to your music beats is very effective. Yes. Um, and I I feel like this is a game that uh, Peter would definitely very much enjoy. Um, and anyone who's a fan of rhythm games and uh, likes you know cell shaded graphics type stuff, I think you'll enjoy this. I think there's characters that uh, work for everyone. Uh, the story, like I said, is pretty good. Uh, the Armstrong Project turns out to be um, pretty nefarious in nature, so Chai teams up with Peppermint, who has an axe to grind with Vandalay, and you have more people uh, coming to your crew as the story progresses. I won't, I won't characters. spoil too much. Yeah, everyone has, has a unique personality, and they're pretty all developed characters. They're not like one note, um, and you know you can see the the characters grow closer together as the story progresses and it all pays off in a very satisfying way. And, uh, it's, it's a really fun game to play. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a game that people are going to play through, uh, more than once because it's, it's that fun an experience. And even though the campaign's a little short at 12 hours, there's a lot of bonus content to go back and unlock. I haven't even come close to unlocking everything. Uh, there's different challenges and achievements you can do. Um, so you'll definitely get your money's worth. And the game's only $30, um, which isn't That's, that expensive. I've, hey, they took their <laughs> short game and they made it less money? Yeah, imagine that, wow. right? Um, all right. I have the softest softball question for you here. Um, Shoot. Would you, Kurt, would you say that this is what a next-gen... Uh, rhythm action game or you know rhythm yeah rhythm game should look like um yeah i would i would say so i think what, this is a very you, is this the bar now for what what these kind of games should do um i i think i think it's kind of a tough tough to say that in such a broad strokes kind of way because um as like just a straight rhythm game um, it kind of doesn't conform to that because, like, you can have terrible rhythm and still make it through the game okay. Um, so it is at its core an action game, but I do, I do like the 
the marrying of the two genres this closely. So like if they were going to do something like an elite beat agents for the next generation, I think templating it after Hi-Fi Rush in certain ways will work. But not every rhythm game can be, you know, like an action adventure game also. So I, I say that this this is definitely my new, like if you ask me what my favorite rhythm game of all time is, I'm going to tell you Hi-Fi Rush because that counts and you have to deal with it. <laughs> But I don't know that every uh, every rhythm game could be this, but if every rhythm game is to be this well made, I think we're in good shape. And uh, like completely bug three ran great on my system, not very hard to run, very well optimized game on Unreal Engine four, which has produced some pretty poorly optimized turds. Um, in recent years um highly recommended i'd i'd give it i'd give it like an eight and a half out of ten well there you go there you have it um you you sold me on you actually sold me on tight controls well optimized runs well for you know and then also triple a yeah like it's it's amazing a bethesda published game coming out completely free (laughs) They fucking sealed like, the doors, red f- put the anti-Todd locks on, <laughs> and said, we're just going to make the game, and it'll be done when it's done. All right? Redfall <laughs> and Hi-Fi Rush are, like, the 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 ends of the scale. <laughs> like, yeah. they are diametric opposites in every conceivable way. Um, well, cool. So, yeah, I, I recommend anyone check it out. It is on Game Pass, and it will probably stay on Game Pass because... Microsoft owns Bethesda, so you can you can play it for as little as a dollar if you finish it in your trial month. So, um, and now, drum roll, please. Uh, our our feature, right right at the end here. Um, got a good, got gog three. <laughs> the last one, James Gunn's MCU send off. It was emotional. It was exciting. It was a movie full of guns and guns. Yeah. Gun in, gun in. If you couldn't hear the inflection in my voice right there, I included an N. He put, he because put his eyebrows Sean in that Gunn one. was in it. Yeah. And they were also PPUs. Um, okay. It was, I thought, let's get off first impressions, spoiler free section. I thought this was, um, a refreshing break from the multiversal um kind of i don't know headache would you <laughs> yeah, call it the morass cluster fuck <laughs> the uh, the assault of multiversal movies that have been coming after us um ever since this the 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 seek the adventure for another infinity war saga yeah um you know guardians of the galaxy has always been slightly the uh like departed from the rest of the mm-hmm. it really has uh, been James Avengers Gunn's Guardians saga. of the Galaxy series more yeah. than Marvel's uh Disney presents Marvel presents Guardians of the Galaxy yeah <laughs> and there's definitely moments in here where you see you hear James Gunn's voice through the lens of Chris Pratt uh and and he is a little peeved with some decisions that were made uh which I don't know if that deters from the movie or detracts from it, or if it adds to a little bit of the background nuance that you know we can enjoy. Um, but I thought 
it did what I think like Love and Thunder tried to do, and it just executed it better because I think yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. I would agree with that. Is is the the movie that kind of started it with uh with like the whole um, undercutting of uh, tense emotional moments with comedy and jokes and wit, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and knowing when to take it too far or where to take it to a certain level and where not to go too far you know sometimes they probably push it a couple places but not in the sense of like taika watiti's uh infamous i have cancer just kidding no i don't ha 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 cut away to valkyrie and korg talking about how fucking korgs are gay yeah uh uh No, is the comedy builds character. They lead to one thing or another. They're callbacks. It's quality comedy, not just like one-off uh, posh jokes here and there. Um, it, it it was quality writing. I thought it was written well. I thought the acting was su- the thing that surprised me the most. Chris Pratt kind of came into his own in a couple scenes. And, He's and not a bad of, actor. I don't know where this this reputation is coming from. I'm not... No, I'm just... It, usually you but don't no, see no, a like whole lot you, of great... Like, I, I know you don't think that, but oh. like I have heard that. I mean, he wasn't the greatest in, in Jurassic World. Um, I, I think he's always done pretty good at Peter Quill, I think to he's, be honest. I think he's been good... Like he's cast, he's often cast appropriately for his strengths. Right. He's, but he's yeah. his casualty is that the movies he's cast in are often very generic people pleaser movies that don't require a a strong performance or would not necessarily pull like a a you know award winning performance out of any of the actors. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, um, we talked I, about I that during he's... the Mario movie where he just sort of he does good because he sort of just disappears into. Uh, a regular, role, yeah. you know, pretty generic main character sort of role for Mario. Yeah, like like his 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 portrayal of Mario, and maybe this is more the writing than anything, to be honest. Maybe not necessarily a Chris Pratt fault, but more just like a the Mario didn't seem like a Mario. It seemed like Chris Pratt was talking as a Mario would. Yeah, I, I feel that many of that movie's deficiencies lied with its script. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's not like he was like. You know, acting as you know, becoming the Mario. Yeah. It's whereas in in Peter Quill, when whenever he's acting as Peter Quill, it, you you sense a little bit more of a deeper connection to the character, uh, and it seems like they care. And I, I think I think the one thing that we see with a lot of James Gunn properties is that he usually tends to work with a select group of people who are attached and motivated and. Um, encouraged to put their heart and soul into these things some may call it nepotism with his wife and and uh brother to put it in there but there's also a lot of people who he he brings in who knows are going to give a good performance before um before we get too far off chris pratt and the mario movie um i should we'll throw this this tidbit in here um this is the other movie released in May 2023 <laughs> featuring Chris Pratt in a starring role and using No Sleep Till Brooklyn in a montage scene. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like, really? Which I incredulously pointed month? out in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That was that was pretty uh, pretty good. Well, I guess the Mario movie came out at the end of April, but still, like, within, within like, three weeks. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, I I don't have as positive a view of this movie. Like, it's not bad. I I can't say that it's bad. And there are there are things about it that are strong. It it had moments of time where it kind of hit that Guardian's groove that uh, drew me into the first movie. Um, but there were times where it it did some other things that I wasn't so into. And um, I don't think it particularly budgeted its, its time very well. It opened a lot of plot threads that it didn't do a super great job of closing. Or, like, I would say it it started some story arcs that it didn't really commit to, commit a lot of screen time to, and kind of either pushed aside or uh, rushed to resolution. Um, and there's, there's some content in it that is going to be disturbing for a lot of people. Yeah, if, you're, uh, if you are squeamish about animal abuse, for sure. Yeah, uh, steer clear of this one. That's not even a spoiler. That's just kind of the plot of it. Is the villain and the backstory is all about Rocket Raccoon's abuse at the hands of uh, cruel animal testers. Um, and mm-hmm. James Gunn, he really just opens up. He 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 slices open the cranium, sticks his little fingies into your emotional cortex, and says, "I am assuming direct control now." Yeah, I mean, you can you can. Uh, it, it might be seen as like a cheap way to get like an emotional connection out of a movie. Um, it worked, whether or not uh, so, you know, people are going to like it or not. It worked uh, in so far as I definitely, uh, despite the main villain kind of being uh, very forgettable, even amongst a large pantheon of wait, forgettable. Really? Marvel vill- yeah, I thought so. Oh, I. I thought he was really good. I mean, the actor was good, but the character is fairly inconsequential. Um, and didn't really pose an existential threat to the universe or the galaxy. I think a lot of people well, would know, also, but... although I will say, I think a lot of people enjoy it for particularly that reason, that um, having to save the world all the time um, was was maybe getting a little stale. So having yeah, I, you, having a smaller story was uh, was a positive point for some folks. You know, and, and they really joke about it in this. They joke about it in the second one, um, where they're like, "Oh, here we go, saving the universe again," um, and you know, kind of getting away from that is 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 nice every now and then. You know, you could you could argue that the high evolutionary's end goal maybe was to conquer the universe. Uh, whether or not he would have been successful because he was a flawed villain in that like he like his his grand designs weren't perfect uh you mm-hmm. know with his earth 2 that you know and we've seen this in the trailer um where that that's not his end goal that wasn't if that was his his like crowning achievement it, it kind of sucked so um he he's definitely long ways away from achieving those goals um, but I thought he was uh, uh, pretty good. I mean, I liked his design. Um, I guess his his abilities were kind of like shoehorned in there. Random gravity powers. Not sure if that's canon Wait. to the comics or not. But yeah, his, his I, I just felt like he was a very just like like he's a meanie. 
Like that's his defining character trait. <laughs> I I saw him as somebody who maybe in the beginning definitely was um you know, had a more complex character uh like uh anatomy, but after the accident which, you know, he has a different face, uh he is definitely corrupted to a point where he's got like a one track mind and kind of like psychotic. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I saw that as like, they're two different characters. He definitely went through like a really crazy character. Uh, Like he he fell off the edge essentially towards the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And whereas if you compare him to where he was in the beginning, he definitely had a clearer goal and was much more, um, I mean, a heartless. Mm. I mean, it was similar to how like Thanos was with, with how just you know for the know. betterment I, of society. I think he was pretty heartless in the beginning, yeah. from my perspective um, at least. I guess I would say they've done this in the first couple, so maybe he didn't want to do it here. But I do, I do enjoy myself a campy, a campy megalomaniacal villain who is just going to to ham it up. And I will say, um, who who's our boy? Who's our actor? Uh, for the high evolutionary. Oh. Oh, uh, EJY or something. Uh, he's got a he's got a hard name. It's yeah, it's okay, very African. But, but actually, um, he did, I I enjoyed like I do sticking out in my mind those kind of eruptions of anger, right? Well, he'll just like explode. He explodes into fury at at the failures. Uh, yeah, at, like I the, you know I, I like that. Not... Um, his character design. I feel like they just said. James Gunn said, "No, I'm not going to do your multiverse stuff." They're like, yeah, but what Chikuri. if you what if you made him like, you know, just like Kang, but like, you know, don't make it too obvious that <laughs> that we made you copy off so, our homework. We'll give him. Yeah. I, I was going to bring it up. Yeah. I was going to bring it up later, and I don't know if it was intentional or what. There's no way they could have had this foresight, but it is, um coincidental that we have a purple black villain um who could be used as a uh variant of kang if there ever needed to be a recasting of kang in the future i heard people maybe pondering about like oh how are you going to recast once because of jonathan majors and it's like this one is going to be the easiest all you have to do is say oh it's a different multiverse of and you don't even have to like Let's not forget that Marvel recasted Rhodey with no explanation. Yeah, I I almost <laughs> would be the Hulk um with no explanation. Yeah. I'm yeah, you could you could put him in that role. I I mean, I would almost just like if you do have to recast Jonathan Majors, I would just go back to the drawing board. You can you can have him try out and see see if it'd be a good fit. Um but you know, look around and I would argue just say Give no explanation. Mm-hmm. Like fuck it. Who and, cares? Yeah, and I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't say have him have. Um, let me get the name. Chuck Wooji. Role for this because one thing that Marvel has been really good about is not uh, being sp- at least very sparing with reusing actors in different roles. Yeah. I don't. I don't actually. I don't think they've had any repeats. You can. I don't you're believe. Free to disprove so. me on that. That is off the top of my dome. So. Um, well. Well, they could just they could just play it off as the High Evolutionary was another um, a Kang variant because they don't have to be named Kang, they don't have to be named. Well, it's Kang not Richards. like he has 
Uh, I don't think we ever heard him referred to as anything other than the High Evolutionary, so yes, he might even be so, named King. Who knows? Oh yeah, true. That's that's very true. I I for, totally forgot about that. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's, he's yeah he's just listed as the High Evolutionary in IMDb, and that's what every so we um, refer to. But I, you know that was the original um you know reason to bring up like multiversal kings in the comics was they had all these bad guys that they retconned into all being variants of Kang from different multiverses that they just said, Oh yeah, all these big bad guys were just the same guy. Uh, and this is where we have the council of Kangs. And that was a big reveal right. in the comics. We, I think we talked about um, that in quantum how they just did that backwards. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. did it backwards. So, um, like I said, Chuck Booty Awaji, he he sunk his teeth into the role. Like he, I'm not criticizing his performance. I just think the character of the High Evolutionary was a little lacking for me. Um, they they kind of bastardized Adam Warlock, which yeah, I didn't really did. care for. Yeah, I the Adam Warlock. I like I, I'm remembering vaguely from like the comics, but that was. Um. They they retconned a lot of stuff with the sovereign and those people being like experiments of well I guess this is kind of going to spoiler territory but mm-hmm. um uh you know we were all postulating that Adam Warlock was gonna come in around Infinity War because he was, was like the tool that used the Mind Stone to kill Thanos and we're like waiting for it because they set it up and just never. I mean, Never literally the first thing when when he's flying across the screen in his first scene, I said, "Well, before mi- movie's too late, buddy." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they they really did yeah. him dirty, and um, yeah, I, I just whatever. I mean, we were, we were all joking like they got the actor from We're the Millers to do yeah. him, and we said, <laughs> you know, there was we there's a line in the movie where he's like, it's. It, you know, he goes through a thing late in the movie. He's like, "Ah, I'm here for my redemption." I'm like, "Yeah, you be- you better get a redemption." Um, which by the end of the movie, no spoilers, but um, but he ends up um, he he's he sticks around, and I guess he get he gets his redemption. We may see more of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, more yeah. more to my peeving point was like, we are we are deep in the Marvel uh, asterisk zone. I'll call it. Where um, in any given scene, like you'll see stuff, and there'll be an asterisk of "see also this." Now, this is not—we've been in here for a while, but I think I'm finally at the point where I'm not keeping up with all of this, and it's taken me by surprise. Um, like I had to explain to Kurt that all, some of these characters showed up from the the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, like Cosmo, the the Wonder yeah. Dog, um, and we didn't even know about one. There was there was one Ravager who had a sling ring. Just comes out of a yeah. like Doctor Strange sling ring portal, oh, and we're like, "That did one of them know magic? What? what <laughs> where did you come um, from, buddy?" I think I think that's like a reveal in this. That's I don't think that's and even they, yeah set they up never they never like paid any lip service. No, none of the guardians were like, "Hey, where did you learn that trick? I've seen that one before." <laughs> I mean, I I just think it's neat world building to kind of I'm not show I'm not and necessarily not like explain well I think it's I think it's neat storytelling because they're not like explaining out this random dude's background they just show you the slip ring and you know Doctor Strange magic from anywhere you're like oh okay so maybe 
this sort of magic exists on other planets in in the universe that's interesting consequential probably not in a sense this but is what we've been the, training the, for well, and kind of what we what we i guess what the uh, hope was right at the beginning was that you'd have these kind of movies where just shit happens in them and if you've if you've seen the stuff leading up to it you have at least the the idea or the context um to kind of just say okay i I kind of at least get it on a surface level. Um, I feel like yeah. this is the sort of thing, well, not so much the, the sling ring, but the, the like, uh, you know, me having seen all the Guardians movies, but not the holiday special and, and needing to be introduced to new characters. As you do more and more of that, uh, and we're coming up, the next Marvel movie is going to be with two characters that, got established in tv shows it it really makes it a tough ask for the casual audience to really get invested in it um and that's where where a lot of your money is going to come from i yeah i guess but like i i'm trying to view it from the perspective of like the mcu and disney where they say if you're really committed to this or if you do like this, you can go in and look more and, and, and delve deeper into more content if you want. I mean, that's ultimately what they're trying to produce. People want content. They want to consume content. And they're providing it as an optional form. Now, whether or not... I, that's, that's the major thing, is whether or not this stuff that they're producing on the side is optional or not. Yeah. I don't. That's going to be the biggest tell, I think, during the Marvels to see how much they're bringing from the shows that needs to be like an explainer, or if they're just going to give a blurb about them getting their powers. They could just explain it all away in the in the movie, which done tactfully, I think, can work. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're going to execute it very well. I think it's going to be a little bit of an exposition. I think it's kind of hard to do that for a principal character like yeah i mean you need like a whole explainer of how maria rambeau got her powers during wandavision or and who the fuck kamala khan even is well yeah just this is she like random girl who just or something um in this one no she's a, she's a bit harder because her backstory is not like the comics one. a little wackier yeah. no she i guess she is like a race of another interdimensional like her grandma was an alien, I think. Like a cosmic being. And it has some but it has some connection to like the Cree as well. And basically her bloodline is the only one that can utilize the bracelets. Her she's a she's a bracelet, so it's a MacGuffin, but only her bloodline can utilize the powers of it. This is um, like no way home levels of Ned just slipping in that sometimes my gr- I got the tinglys in my fingers, and then he does the magic by the end of the movie. <laughs> it, it's very convenient. It's it's because I think oh they also kind of set her up as like a mutant as well. Like yeah, like her 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 blood has like a, a mutagenic like thing or her, her DNA. In the comics, is wasn't she one of the immortals? Not um, the immortals, but um, um, the Inhumans. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. she was an Inhuman. So. In this version, she's more a mutant based on her bloodline that may or may not be interdimensional. They kind of touched upon it. Um, But basically, only her family can activate this 
bracelet thing that gives her the powers of like light. She can make hard light basically. Oh, um, like 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 uh, Maria Rambo, like or Monica Rambeau, whoever Rambo. So Monica Rambo is like more photon energy. She like makes just blast. She's more similar to Captain. I guess Marvel, I understand why they decided to write the plot where it was was that these these characters have. So, you know the the contrivances that they have similar enough powers that they they're just like the universe fucking does a floating point error switch and just like <laughs> oh shit I forgot which light based superhero is which who's here and who is there yeah they all have they all have similar powers but they're all from different sources which I think is gonna lose a little some people it make more sense if they're all from different um or all from the same power source or some of that because Captain Marvel got hers from. Uh, an Infinity Stone, and then uh, Wanda gave hers to uh, Maria or Monica Rambo. I forgot which one it mm. is. And then Kamala has it just based off being a mutant and having this MacGuffin. Uh, so how they're gonna connect that with like changing places? No fucking clue. Um, but that's not. Yeah, this movie. but that's not uh, the movie we're talking about. Uh, in, in terms of this movie, I think it was a lot better done in terms of like needing side stuff like i guess the only thing and it's not even that consequential is learning that mantis is chris pratt or uh peter quill's sister or stepsister mm-hmm. i guess a half sister rather which i found out. i did not know that that was like literal i thought that was like a, we're, a spiritual like level. yeah <laughs> um yeah and i thought he meant like it, a close friend <laughs> But it doesn't really come up. Like they mention it literally twice, I think, and it never really has any consequence. I feel like they gave because... her a superpower boost, though, where she can just like mind control on touch. I didn't think her power was that potent. Um, in in well, the previous movie, we've never. She's we've... got it. I mean, this is the most action she's been involved in outside of Endgame. So she had a little bit in uh, the Hollywood. The Hollywood uh, Christmas special. The Hollywood whatever. special. <laughs> the Hollywood special. That's where you blow the, uh, a dude Christmas on a special. casting couch. <laughs> she she definitely did a couple more things that showed this off there, so it wouldn't be a surprise if you saw that. But you know, you just kind of have to be like, okay, yeah, she's fighting and training and learning to use her powers more. Yeah. In, in like a combat setting. I feel like with the Guardians. Uh, one of my, I I'd say that this is probably the best MCU movie. I've seen in a while. I don't know exactly yeah. how far back I'll go, but I'm, that's kind of, in my mind, damning it with faint praise. I mean, it's not bad. I, I, I kind of waffle back and forth on it. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's one I'd see again, and I don't know that I would call it a franchise saver. Um, And I feel like part of the issue with this one is, you know, James Gunn's going off to, to run the competition, essentially, here. And um, I feel like his vision for this movie was curbed a bit by the studio because it feels like there are times in this movie where someone from the studio was in the edit and was like, "Mm, this is feeling a little too dark. Let's inject some jokes here. And a lot of the comedy didn't feel as like situationally appropriate as it was in the other two movies. Yeah, let's. I think this is a good enough time. I think we made our thoughts clear. This is where we can get into spoilers about the plot. Um, yeah, I, I kind of felt so. I was. It was a very, I guess, bold thing, the way he went with this movie. 
uh, this is Rocket Raccoon's uh, special story, mm-hmm. um, so it includes his backstory. And um, I don't disagree with them, with him going for just going full send on, um, you know, really push playing the hurt animal card just to like really get you in that zone. Um, I think for me personally, I think it took it a little too far and put me out of the movie. Um, partially cause I didn't know about the whole, I didn't feel the, I didn't know the whole runtime. So when we got to the middle of the movie and it gets to the climax of rocket's backstory and it's like super tragic. Um, I think I heard, I definitely heard some people crying in the theater, you know? Um, and yeah. I'm like, this is, I felt like, oh, this is like a little soon. I feel like this should be the, the, uh, impetus or the lead up to the climax there. So maybe a scene or two early, a little strange on that. And then I realize as the movie keeps going that it that was like the halfway point of the movie. Um, if if I had known that starting, I might have I might have felt a little bit differently about that. Um, but it felt like they were trying to me to swing away from that and not. I I wanted yeah. them to give it a little more impact, or at least you know, kind of carry over in the tone from that, from that climactic flashback through, um, when it felt to me like they just, they're trying to steer out of it so that no one, you know, you didn't become a downer, but like, Oh, you know what? I, I would be okay with the downer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh God, I lost my train of thought as soon as my mouth opened. Um, Jesus. So like I guess just I I um the animal stuff really bugged me personally. Um I don't like seeing animals mistreated. Um and even though they don't really show you anything direct, the implications are strong enough. And there's literally a scene where um fucking the high evolutionary shoots uh bunny. three adorable animals. Uh yeah. one of which is a bunny. Um, and like, I, you can have, I'm not saying it's wrong to have upsetting stuff in your movie. You can do that. It's fine. I personally, um, it it put me off the movie quite a bit. See, but I don't think that's a reason to like say it's not I just said that I'm not saying you can't have it and it put me off. Well, you're you're saying it put you off the movie. It put me personally off the movie. I think that's. I reject you. Your have opinion. had just, just <laughs> equally as silly takes on Marvel movies before. I I, I don't know. It, it's it is it, it's. Uh, uh, so I, I watched the uh, the Red Letter Media uh, review of this, and it, it is so funny. They made a, a poignant statement where, uh, and one of them had a similar approach where they, they said, you know the animal abuse was really shocking and and took me uh, by surprise and and kind of made me feel a certain way. But I can I can sit there, you know, cringe at that, but also watch like twenty people just get vaporized and not feel a single thing for that. And it's like, yeah, I I do. We we do. We watch war movies. We we go and we praise war movies like nineteen forty two that are you know, based on like real events. These things actually what nineteen twelve, sorry, I don't know what it was. Seventeen. Nineteen seventy. <laughs> a date. A date. 
uh, you know, real events that happened on planet Earth and depicting in very gruesome scenes these things that happen and we praise it for, you know, being so emotionally You and I might praise it, but there are, for, for some people, that's enough to turn them off the movie. And it's it's very valid if they feel like that imagery is upsetting. I think it's... I'm not saying that that's why this movie is bad. I'm not saying that's not upsetting, but I'm saying the purpose of that adds to the complexity of the movie, which which is shocking because we don't really have complex Marvel movies, really. They're usually one-note kind of like Love and Thunder failed at trying to put cancer a very like depressing visceral message into a movie and they fucking played it off as a joke yeah while this movie takes that and it understands how serious it is and you had two sides learning about this essentially animal cruelty not Mm -hmm. you know split hairs and say oh high evolutionary did experience you know essentially two um sides rocket seeing it from his perspective in the flashbacks and us as an audience seeing it from that perspective as well and also seeing the rest of the team view it learning about rocket when they're trying to save him and you you kind of get that both at the same time they're learning about this this awful torture that happened and that props up the high evolutionary as this just evil person that needs to be stopped no matter what and, and, you know, trying to have a straight thought it's, and, like, plan accordingly see, is tough when you're it's what angry. It's what we in the wrestling business would call cheap hate. Yeah. Um, what, so, for me, like, the thing, I, I, again, I always fall in this trap where I just, I want to write these scenes. I want to rewrite the movie because uh, I know what I, I know how I want the story beats to go. Um, and I would have really, would have really worked for me. Um, would be if they did like a parallel scene. So they, I definitely keep that in. I definitely want that to keep it in. I would want them to put that climactic scene in parallel with that scene where they're all seeing the data come back, right? Because that's it. That's the end of him being injured and unconscious, right? That's coming into him waking up, right? Yeah, I don't. Well, so I don't remember. Kind of I an, thought that was around no, the same he's, time. No, he's an interesting. This, that's the that's the thing. That's what gets me. That's why I'm like, this doesn't work for me. Is he has that uh, the end of his flashback, the end of his arc, uh, as they're landing on Counter Earth, and then they have yeah. like the whole Counter Earth scenes, and then they bring him back, um, and that's like, I want to. I just want to take out that and put those two scenes together so that you can have this emotional crescendo that culminates in him waking up and then you can yeah, then you can kind of sublime that like that pain and, and, yeah. and emotion into into action i'd rather go into action than into comedy yeah we we did sit on it i think for a while and i think um, the reason they did that is because if you immediately have him like you know at the at the pearly gates with his other rejected experiments, it kind of undercuts the emotion of that scene. Um, I could see that being the justification for why they put it in between. They might have put too much stuff, and it might have been too totally different. Which is one of those things that goes back to my point, where it feels like the studio is like, eh, we need to kind of lighten this a little bit. Um, 
but I'm glad you mentioned kind of Rocket being sidelined for most of this movie. It's kind of, I haven't seen it done a lot before where the character who's having like the origin flashbacks is not a super active participant in like the the current time yeah, his portion is kind of, of the, the movie. Story. In, in the in the writing of the movie, his takes the place of the B story. Which, um, having seen it done this way, I understand why it's not done that well, uh, that often, because it, it's kind of a difficult task to relate uh, what's currently happening to the flashback, which is typically when flashbacks are most the, effective. Uh, I was going to say, the other famous uh, kind of, or the other popular uh, usage of this technique was... Um, Man of Steel. Yeah, right. Where it was, it was Clark Kent's flashbacks to his childhood. Um, that was supposed to be juxtaposed. That one, and that one just really didn't work. Um, because none of the flashbacks tied when they cut from the flashbacks to the the action that was happening in the present. None of the themes that were expressed in the flashbacks matched up. They were relevant at all. Yeah. Like the one where he's supposed to like learn that you should, you know, you're responsible for people's lives. Like remember in, in Man of Steel where he's like saving the bus, right? And it's like you have the choice to help people and kind of expose yourself or live a normal mundane life and, and let tragedy happen. But that's like halfway through the movie when the first thing <laughs> you see adult Clark Kent do in the movie is he's already made the choice to save people and be conspicuous. So, yeah. you know. That was that's just the other yeah. that's just another instance of them doing it, and that one was not really that was done much worse than. Um, than yeah, I'm one. trying to. I'm trying to think if it was done a different way, um, like to have the flashbacks be different, maybe from the perspective, like, like Rocket telling them, like if he wasn't unconscious throughout, you know what was pretty much half the movie, more than half the movie, mm. it seemed like. Yeah, he's um, really, he's really out for like the first two acts. I know that was that was what surprised me because I, I knew this was gonna be Rocket's like, um, you know, his movie, but I didn't realize like how. Um, and I I liked the story that they told. Maybe the execution maybe was a little um, yeah. missed a couple beats here and there, but um, I, I'm trying to think of like what else you would have. It didn't go unconscious. Would he be like? Um, telling them everything, you know, going into those Or flashbacks. he could just be having the internal struggle. And eventually yeah. he comes around to the same realization of, I'm done running from my past. I'm going to go confront the yeah. demon that's been chasing me. And I feel like it, it connects stronger emotionally if he's a more active participant in the movie. You know, and I bet you there was a version of this that was written where, you know, it was him leading the way and confronting that because in the beginning of this movie, we see him kind of like fighting with himself and he does pull out the key card right. that, you know, he remembers and, and you're, you know, us, we're obviously thinking, what is that? But it's obviously something important to him. Um, and, you know, you want to follow that thread, but we get kind of cut off and we don't get that chance. And it just by happenstance, we have to by you know, it, it almost seems like it's a. Um, ex machina that there's a bomb on his heart that's preventing him from you know healing which has never been the case in the past yeah it's never ever been an issue <laughs> and before. it's not like he hasn't now, taken his licks before yeah yeah now is the time when we have to go 
find his, you know, because that's what I think that's a the it's an aspect I like and I don't like about this movie where I like them trying to have to put together Rocket's past and trying to figure out, you know, piecemeal how to how to fix them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also coincidental and it's like, oh, it's convenient that also convenient that the thing that killed him, you know, or, you know, try to kill him was, you know, being the high evolutionaries. Like, yeah, that's, that's what it was we, Adam Warlock. That's, that's a lot the of the con- irony. Tri- yeah, it was a pretty big contrivance to have just Adam Warlock and he shows up so abruptly. Yeah. Uh there's like almost no explanation and he's just in the in the fray. And I guess you don't have to explain every little thing. I'm not trying to suggest that, but he's just sure. it's just rockets like listfully looking into the night and then bam cut smash cut the out of warlock <laughs> flying through space and then he's he's attacking rocket and they have their their conflict and it feels like it's Adam Warlock solely because we set Adam Warlock up in another movie and we didn't use him for the Thanos story, so we gotta figure out something to do with him now. And the the tie-in to the you know, the gold people being creations of the high evolutionary is another like we need this to make this thread work. I guess the only reason why they, that was a thing was just to be so they would be subservient to high evolutionary. Um and I'm like, that's kind of just random because uh, you know they they seem like they were kind of their own thing beforehand and now they're just like oh we no we actually follow all the orders of this one dude with a weird face yeah who was never um, mentioned before he's a, he's a yeah. god though in, in some yeah. corners of the universe he's a god who yeah. why haven't people heard of him figured totally word would get around y'all remember sly stallone's cameo yeah, he gets to deliver, and Guardians too, uh, and then some chunky sci-fi dialogue. You know who's Dude, who who we, who we should have read this very dense, jargony sci-fi speech. Seventy-six-year-old Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> you know what's even worse is that he actually plays like a like a character that has like a a lore behind him. Uh, it, it's yeah, I don't know. He apparently had a wife as well, and one of like his big of things course. that he does is he. He, he fuses with his wife and they become one entity. And they kind of implied, based off his like change in this movie, that they already did that just off screen. So I, I mean, it's hard to hard to evaluate his change when he has like two lines in his cameo in the second one. Because the actress, I think, that played his wife in the second one, either wait, we saw his wife in the second one. I believe so. I must have um, not remembered that. That must have just slipped out the side of my brain. Well, it was yeah, very it wasn't very important. I guess. Um, while while Jake's no, looking I don't that think up, I'll just kind of make quick mention here. Set pieces, lovely, always imaginative. Um, James Gunn has his, you know, uh, between this and Peacemaker, of course, between this whole series and Peacemaker, you know, he has a deep affinity for the 80s not just a surface level vaporwave stranger things kind of love he he, yeah. he wants to go back to the 80s suburbs <laughs> uh with all the with all the shit that was hanging around um yeah but things yeah. like the, the the living flesh planet um i love i love myself a good new phyrexia <laughs> um yeah it's michelle yo 
That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> and she's too she's too big of an that actress sounds, to get for that like That sounds Marvel thing. and well, yeah, but that's like the quintessential Marvel of that era. Like any asshole could have done that role, but they're like, yeah. "Oh, we can get Sly for this." <laughs> yeah. And she either has um another role in the MCU or yeah that's what she's I'm just looking... too expensive to get for like uh, another part. yeah let me I'm, I'm looking for um, what um what she was in because I feel like yeah she was she was yeah she was um uh in Shang-Chi oh yeah I would okay. check out she was uh Ying yeah who I think was the the leader of in in the um wasn't she like the Intalo? Yeah, she was like the lead assassin. Or no, no, you're right. She was the the leader of the the pocket dimension society. Right. Yep. Um. So yeah. Uh. But getting back to this movie, um. Like I said, it's it's not. It's of a higher quality than most of Marvel's recent outings. Yeah, CG was really good. I think. Yeah. I, it at yeah, times this was a CG fest, at times it was, it was good it wasn't jar- there was only like one there was only one moment and it was quick and brief towards the end where all like the, the monsters were flying out of the ship where it was like CG overload and it was like daggers into my eyes and I'm like oh, okay well, next I think some this. of the uh, like the war pig I think looked pretty rough um yeah. There, there were certain things, but they they didn't lean too too heavily on CGI. Oh, uh, there's a lot of it in the movie, obviously. There's two CGI characters, well, more than that, but there's two in the main cast. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it's it's kind of a little less tonally balanced than the the other two, and it it didn't quite hit the groove of what I liked about the first Guardians movie. I'd say it's better than the second one. Um, I'll give it that. I still think the first one's the best of the bunch. Um, But this isn't, like, enough to pull me back in. I've kind of been out on the MCU for a while. I'm just kind of waiting for the other two guys here to to feel that way, and then we can can stop reviewing these movies. Um, We'll we'll see about... I'm just kind of curious. In a... I'm curious about DC movies and about MCU movies in different ways. Um, just because I want to see how how MCUs. I feel like how are they going to get themselves out of this one um, as they can as yeah. they just extend further and further. Um, I want. I would. I just want to see yeah. what rabbits they can pull out of their hat. DC uh, movies I watch because I literally have no idea. I'm what morbidly the fuck is going curious to in any given DC movie. <laughs> Is I'm it going so... to be a, a kid-friendly, campy kind of um, comedy movie? Or is it going to be Joaquin Phoenix's uh, fucking um, Pagliacci, <laughs> the tragedy of Pagliacci, <laughs> but in Batman world? I, uh, yeah, I've never, I've never come away from a DC movie without a strong opinion. So that, there's something to be said for that. Uh, to kind of wrap up my thoughts on this movie, if you are a Guardians of the Galaxy fan and you enjoyed the first two movies, um, I can recommend this one yep. to you, unless you're someone who's very sensitive to the depictions of cruelty against animals, then you might want to set this one out. But it is a is a good enough send-off for 
most of the characters, even if some of their like character arcs in this movie were were kind of stunted and and pretty pretty banal. I feel like someone will um, make an edit that will that will trip tri- trim out those parts. Um, but yes, it, yeah. it we talked a lot about the the story story of this, but as a cap kind of capstone to that that whole series. Um, and you know they tie it up in a, in a nice little bow. You know they give everyone a happy ending, which I think people everyone enjoys a good happy ending. Um, and they gave they gave the fans one more. It was it was kind of like that's the the last fight scene in Endgame where they had the they have the hallway fight against all the creatures and they said all right guys here's your last big chunk your nice chunky. Uh, dose a full swig an entire gallon of guardians <laughs> fight scene and we're just gonna do it as good as we can do it so that you know because you're not gonna see these guys all together for a while so uh leave you out with a bang and that was a very bombastic very highly produced action scene yeah um, yeah, yeah i agree I, I like that that last one um I, I don't think we're ever gonna see them together i think they've confirmed that yeah <laughs> they are no big longer Dave's out yeah, um, they're all out. Chris Pratt's out. No, no, Star Lord <laughs> will return. That was at the end of the last post-credit scene. Oh, yeah. was oh, yeah. I, 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 Kurt and I were joking. Like he's back on. He came back on Earth just in time for Secret Invasion. Okay. Um, all right. Never mind. I stand corrected. Uh, okay. Well, then the last time I think we'll see group. them. Yeah. No. For the majority. The the majority of the group, their Maybe deals are up. Maybe they'll come and... back and kind of say hi to each other during the next climax phase movie. You know, it'll be one of those. But otherwise, no, I agree. Like, if the other thing was Sean Gunn is still in like that end credit group. Uh, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm still a part of the Guardians." Um. Is he gonna continue doing that role if James Gunn's on the project, or is he is he's hope, his own person? Yeah, I would say I wants, hope they have, um, you know, some professional. It's gonna it's gonna be wild. To it's see. gonna be a minute before uh, the Guardians are featured in another movie. I, I'm yeah, pretty phase sure. Five. We have like movie wise, we have uh, the Marvels um, Blade, which I believe is gonna be pushed off again. And Wesley Snipes. Um, and. Uh, Captain America New World Order are like the next three movies that we're going to get. There's a lot of shows interspaced between there that Yeah, okay. I I know. It's Daredevil Born Again is the only one that I think is worth The the two Marvel seeing. projects I'm excited for are Daredevil Born Again, uh which I'm also kind of nervous for cuz I the the Netflix show was so good <laughs> and I I worry it's your darling. that they might kind of mess with success there and x-men 97 those are the two marvel projects that i'm actually anxiously awaiting um yeah i think it's gonna be a while until we actually get something worthwhile watching um secret invasion might be nice but you know i'm not interested in echo loki season two maybe but i don't think it's gonna be amazing i don't think blade's gonna be good I don't think Agatha Coven of Chaos is going to be any good. It's got very little shot of being great. <laughs> I got. I can't. I. I mean, Thunderbolts. Cool idea. They Didn't off? they? I Ugh. swear to God, they did a Thunderbolts TV show. On like ABC, and it ran like half a season. <laughs> Let me. 
I'm not sure. Or at I'm, least the teleporting yeah. dog from Thunderbolts was in the show. They did in humans. They did an inhuman show. Yeah, was it in humans. In but in humans ran for a while, and that was connected to the MCU for a while. Maybe as well. I often get the Thunderbolts and Inhumans mixed up. Yeah, no. So that could be. Like Maybe it's because the Inhumans have Black Bolt. Yeah, that's. But that's a me connection. That's the oh. fight. That's the mental bridge I would make between well, that shit. I'm so. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I said Inhumans. I meant to say um, the other one. Um, <laughs> Right, it wasn't called Inhumans. It's Marvel's right? it the Inhumans, was, uh... one season, twenty seventeen. Yeah, so Agents of Shield ran for a while. That, that's the one. That's the one. I'm sorry, Agents of Shield. That one was did, more connected. Did to the, the Thunderbolt the show up in that MCU. one? Because I know that had some unique villains. They had like Graviton and like Probably. the Frost Giants. Yeah, I never watched Agents of Shield, but I there I knew people who liked it. They. I watched the first couple seasons. I thought it was pretty good until they jumped the shark and they got real weird with it, which probably isn't any different than what we're at now at this point with like the Cree and yeah. shit. Um, but yeah, I guess that's uh, that's Gog three. Um, we'll be back next week with some. There's some movie coming out next week, I'm sure. Oh yeah. If nothing um, else, we'll watch that Saint Seiya movie. <laughs> Watched Zodiac, oh, was yeah. it Zodiac Nights, having Zod- no experience Zodiac with Saint Nights, Seiya. Yeah. We're just gonna, we're just gonna yeah, watch yeah, it blind yeah. and go, oh no, <laughs> I can still smell the, the disappointment fast. in the fans. I don't remember this season of Power Rangers. <laughs> I think Fast X comes out. Oh right, also, yeah, that I'm is the one. I'm also tempted to watch that with no context. Have not. I have, seen I have a morbid curiosity to see what. A modern Fast and the Furious movie looks like. Yes, comes out next week in the nineteenth. So, so maybe so we'll maybe we'll review Fast X. We'll we'll we'll, we'll discuss amongst we'll ourselves. But well, whatever it is, <laughs> but, you'll get it on the next episode. Yep. So until then, be well, stay safe, and party like it's nineteen ninety five. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>